Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Radio Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Brazos Landing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show. And uh, what a time it is and what a day it is. And we are so fortunate to have Aaron Sexton as always. And it would it would appear Aaron is playing that applause for himself, I which I respect. <laughs> I respect. No one would have that. known that if you hadn't said it. <laughs> I like that. I like a man who'll do that. Um, and the man you just heard his voice, who has returned. We had, he gave us three strong days, and then he's like, guys, I need a break. need a quick break. Now, you choose these three days this week carefully, okay? <laughs> We've already got Boy, one down. I fear, well, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see if you make it through this one. Um, we've got a live show tomorrow, but Cam Stewart has returned from one of the wildest scenes in all of golf, and, and I, I knew you were doing this bachelor party, and I didn't really know much about it. It's just a bunch of friends from the Northeast, some, some folks back from mm-hmm. Boston. But you all decided to meet out in Scottsdale. And then part of this was going to be, hey, we're going to go to the uh, WM Classic, or the Open, whatever they call it. The waste stands for Waste Management, but I think they hate saying that, so they just call it the WM. The People's Open. And... The 16th hole is very famous for being wild, and the players have fun with it. But by Friday, well, by Saturday, things had gotten way out of control. I honestly think the rain had calmed some things down early, but then Saturday, Saturday got completely out of control. Cam, which day did you and your buddies attend? Was that Friday? Yes, we were there Friday laying the groundwork for Saturday. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like you're probably arriving at the age as you get kind of in your mid to start kind of heading toward 30, that mm-hmm. mid-20s, that you got to kind of calm it down just a little bit. I'm not saying y'all can't have a good time, but, like, if I know you and your friends, I would mm-hmm. say y'all are pretty yeah. tame compared to a lot well. of what was going on out there. Is that accurate? It depends on who you ask. It's all about perspective. Oh, but I will oh say goodness. this, Matt. I mean, the whole place, the whole event was just tens of thousands of guys in their mid to late 20s with mustaches. Like, that's entirely what the event was. So, I, I'm not surprised it came to this. A lot of Midwesterners and Northeasterners who were coming down for better weather, and we didn't even get yeah. it over 60 while we were down there. I mean, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting someone in Iowa or Nebraska gear. These guys are just waiting to come down and, and enjoy some some winter time away. And it gets cold, it gets rainy, and, you know, it just makes you want to take your shirt off and do snow angels in the bunker. 
Well, somebody did. I hope that was not a member of your party. But by Saturday, somebody had done a a handstand, a flip into the, uh, the one of the bunkers. I'm sure that was at 16. It was, yep. There were people talking. Now, what's weird about this tournament, a little like the Ryder Cup, like occasionally the players will egg on the crowd and actually like Ricky Fowler did this, said, hey, go ahead and y'all scream all during my swing. And that's fun. That's different than what we're used to. But most of those guys, the way they're wired, they don't want that, right? And the thing they definitely don't want is somebody hollering, like, right when you get in your backswing. That happened to Spieth once, and then somebody was out there working over Zach Johnson, the uh, Ryder Cup captain, and must have been saying some stuff to him. He got mad, and so they've been calling him Karen Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not for everyone having, uh, the, having the fans right on top yeah. of you. It was well, a fun I would event. Not, I would not want any part of that. And I know Aaron, a guy who used to partake and been a bartender, I mean, anything that unruly, he would want no part of. Um, but, but you know, you're at that age where you're kind of still, that seems to be, it's kind of like, like your you're last at gasp. the right age to go to Mardi Gras. And, and yeah. you would think that would be fun. And, yeah. like, Aaron and I are in an age where that sounds awful. Like there's yeah, nothing, d- there's nothing that sounds fun about that to me. Huge I, crowds, uh, you can't move. Uh, I am up there drunk, with you guys. Everybody's throwing up. I'm there with you guys. I've done oh, I've done New you? Year's Eve in New Orleans twice, and that was probably two times too many. Bourbon Street yeah. New Year New Year's Eve. Um, I, I'm there with you guys. Not everyone my age for sure, but it, know, this this weekend really wore me out, man. <laughs> like really <laughs> wore me out. I guess I have an uh, old physically soul. and socially. I've never had any interest in going. Yeah, to it's, even back yeah. when I was drinking, I was like, I don't want to be around all those people. I feel confident in saying this because I don't think they'll be listening today. Uh, but it was really just the antithesis of what I would picture my bachelor party to be. Other than other than all of us being there together, which we don't get to see each other very much, so that was great. But it was. Uh, you know, 14 people in a two-bedroom Airbnb, so sharing beds and air mattresses. First strike was there. Um, it was cold. It was a golf event, which I don't watch or play golf. Uh, I really went for some cool golf gear and to partake with the drinking. But, it, yeah. I mean, it was that, and then we went to a nightclub, which was a like a full-on nightclub. Like, none of it was really my cup of tea at all and w- this yeah. this begs the bigger discussion matt of what what should a bachelor party be is it having your entire friend group fly literally across the country i was the only one coming f- not coming from massachusetts half yeah. of them flew to lax and then to phoenix i don't like, like i don't oh, like man, the thought of asking people i know once you've been out of college for a few years but like i I feel like if you want to show up, great, but like a destination one is weird to me. Let's do it wherever that bachelor is, do it where he is. And if everybody wants to come, great. If they can't make it, that's okay, too. But I, when I first, when my buddies first started getting married right out of college, I I enjoyed, honestly, we were still in the mode of playing a ton of pickup hoops, right? Okay. And so you just, you just rent a gym or wherever, or somebody worked at a church. And I know this doesn't sound like the craziest. This sounds like that, a great bachelor that party. That was totally fun. Well, especially church if you did basketball. the bachelor party the, the actual night before, which is always a bad, that's a bad idea. Yeah. But if you do, 
like playing a, like four or five hours of hoops is a good way to go. That'd be fun. Um, I, I've been to the wild stuff, and I've been to the the real tame, uh, and I prefer I prefer on the tame side. And you're right. If you're most of us don't want to end up in one of those kind of clubs. No. You're like that sounds kind of fun. And then everybody just everybody ends up there, and they're just kind of looking around, like kind of feel bad being here. Yeah, it's just not a that's not a great that's not a great situation. Um, it is Cam Stewart returning to us, and uh, we we'll recap Aaron and I, later. Aaron and, Aaron and I thought <laughs> we might get some some good segments out of you during the two days. I think we ended up getting one segment, and I out don't know if I could days. call it good, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it was. A, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Um, and then you watched from afar, I'm sure, as the Bears and the Jayhawks got it on. Yep. And I, I had to be at a, um, uh, well, it was, um, and of course, I love doing anything for my daughter, but this was the pictures before one of their big functions. And the dads oh. actually show up, and I don't want to be one of the dads who never shows up, so I do try to show up. And I actually try to engage with folks and, and visit and all that. In this case, because the second half had started, I just found a corner of the, the place where they were taking pictures, and I zeroed in on the game. And it lasted long enough where where we took the pictures, that's where I watched the end of the game. And I will say, from about the seven-minute mark of the Baylor-Kansas game, I just ended up with a whole different feeling about that game. I was, like, completely frustrated and we may hear from Scott Drew. Cam is just coming from Scott Drew's media uh, availability. I, I, and again, in 320 coming up, just so you know, we are going to talk huge Super Bowl, and we'll react to all of that. But Cam and Aaron, I, I've never had such a, a wild wave of opinions on a college game because, like, I just thought I was kind of embarrassed for the longest part that the Bears – I mean, they were hanging in there. They fought back to get in the game. I thought they were fine at halftime, down 34-28. And then, and then they got it to within one, and were playing okay. And throughout the game, they just, again, and I'll, I'll hear y'all's take on this, but I, didn't, I don't want to credit Kansas too much. I thought mm-hmm. early in the game, Kansas's defensive pressure freaked Baylor out. I thought they weren't poised. They were turning the ball over, and, and it was Kansas that caused it. As the game went on, it was just like literally they would throw the ball out to the corner, and let's just use Jalen Bridges as an example. And he would catch the ball and like literally fumble it into the hands. Like <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if it was the crowd. But yet they had two – beautiful looks at the end of the game to tie the game so I kind of came away with this thought and I don't want this moral victory thing to take hold but I kind of thought you know what to play that poorly and still have a shot to put it in overtime twice at the end of the game I sort of feel okay about that so I I mean I hate the turnovers but I kind of felt like I felt okay about it. Cam, did you have similar thoughts? What were what were your range of emotions, and how hammered were you during that <laughs> hey, game? Oh, okay. oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, 
Hey, I was I was watching the whole game. I wasn't going to any okay. pictures or anything, okay? Well, the answer yeah. is very. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually had eerily similar thoughts, Matt, in that, you know, it, it just kept kind of going up and down. At halftime, I was, like, feeling pretty good. I was like, look, it's just six. I think we've seen the at least the first Kansas wave without really seeing a huge Baylor wave yet. And I was like, I... I like where where this is at, and when you when I when I tell you that Hunter Dickinson scores thirteen points in the first whatever ten or twelve minutes, and then fifteen for the game, you're probably feeling pretty good about that. Um, but I I don't think either team played their best game, and Kansas didn't have McCullough. I do have to keep that in mind. That's their their leading scorer. Uh, he and Dickinson both right around nineteen nineteen and a half a game, and they didn't have him, but. Baylor with losing the turnover battle by 13 to have a chance to win that game. And the Bears didn't have Langston, who is arguably, in conference at least, is really one of their most consistent scorers. And you could make an argument that he's like the, I don't know, second or third best player on the team a lot of times. Which, by the way, Scott Drew did say today, day-to-day, day-to-day with Langston, uh, I will say to (laughs) – to bring the pessimism into this, that is what we heard constantly about LJ Cryer two years ago when it was one game in two months. So hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. But I, I just think that Baylor had another level to get to in that game that they didn't get to on Saturday, um, which typically happens after a three-game winning streak, no matter who you're playing, and Baylor just happened to play a really good team. Um, so I, I still think their best basketball is ahead of them. I didn't take the negatives too far in this game. Did Scott have a positive reaction and like what is he I he I think he was being kind after the game but I kind of like that Bill Self just owned up to it and Bill Self yeah. said well yeah we got a lot of stills but he goes they just he said a lot of those they just gave us and I I thought that was a cool I mean that's I mean I, I like making fun of Bill Self but I, I kind of have a lot of respect for him as a coach because he after the game, instead of being like, hey, win's a win. I mean, great win, tough conference win. He was mad. Yeah. He was he was mad because of the way they let Baylor back, you know, in, back into that game. So Baylor fans, I'm sure, look at that and go, hey, good job getting back into the game. Right. He looked at it as we made horrible mistakes, didn't guard, and left them wide open for two looks at the end of the game. And honestly, I kind of – I admire a coach who does that. Who, it's the standard who is program. not? Yes, yes. And I thought that was kind of cool. What was Scott's attitude? Uh, yeah, pretty laissez-faire. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things. You know, it, I I don't know if he said this exactly, but you know, Scott says this a lot. Something along the lines of another day in the Big Twelve. That it's just not easy. It's not easy to go on the road in the Big Twelve. Um, obviously, going to Fog Allen is one of the three or four toughest places in America to play. Um, and that it was at least one of those controllable things that we got to get to the film, cut down the turnovers because, and I think our, our pal Bryce Cherry said this to him. It felt like one of those games bears have a season high in 21 turnovers. If they have like 17, which is still a high number and you still lose it by almost 10 turnovers, the turnover battle, you probably win that game. Which is just a weird thing to say, but yeah, if, if you go with 17 turnovers at Fog Allen, you're, you're going to win. But that that's the kind of margins we're talking about. And four losses in the conference now by a combined 12 points. 
So it's one of those things where if the ball bounces your way a couple of times the other way, uh, you know, you're you're ahead, you're in the lead yeah. in this conference. What I try to imagine, and I think they do have at least two or three of these things. I'm not going to include Kansas in that, but for sure the one at Kansas State and the Texas one came down to a buzzer beater. Of course, the TCU one, um, they were just in control of some games yep. that that they let get away from them. Um, and but I, I try to remind myself this. They could have easily lost that Iowa State game. Mm-hmm. They were sitting there in a horrible way after all everything going against them. The refs, the fans are angry, and they're down like 71-64, whatever it was, and they found a way to win that game. So I try to remind myself of that game. That's one game they could have yeah, easily could have lost. The Oklahoma lost. State could have lost that game and found a way. You're right. And, um, and, of course, that would be bad because that is the worst team in the conference, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. But, again, it's like Priscilla told us the other day that there's just not as much of a difference as there has been in the past between, like, great Baylor and Kansas teams, and we'll throw Houston in now, mm-hmm. and the dregs of this conference. Right. Like, OSU can play with some folks. You hope they can't, but they kind of can. And they'll sometimes stay in games like – UCF and Cincinnati are both pretty good. Right. Both pretty good teams. And they're both sitting there at four and six. And I think Oklahoma may have clawed their way to maybe like six and five. Like that's a if, – if this is on a neutral site, this OU-Baylor game's kind of a pick em. And because they're coming in to, uh, you know, foster, it'll be – all right, let's get into – let's get into the uh, Super Bowl. And – so much to talk about, but, I mean, we we got to talk about the greatness of Mahomes and then just the what we're finding out today about the 49ers and what we were finding out late last night and not understanding the rules, the new OT rules. I think Donovan McNabb is finally, he's finally <laughs> off the hook. That is next. Baylor Bear Basketball, all season long, here on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back home Tuesday in Foster Pavilion, hosting Oklahoma. 7.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 8 p.m. tip-off Tuesday. Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern-looking feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine. 
made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine. Open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel. Looking for that perfect Valentine's Day gift? How about free Colombian red roses with your jewelry purchase only at D'Amori Fine Jewelers? Say I love you this Valentine's with nature's most beautiful treasures, diamonds, and free red roses. Celebrating a lifetime of Valentine's together with a free dozen red roses at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, 4541 West Waco Drive. Is it time to upgrade your garage, barn, shed, or warehouse with a new garage door? Veteran-owned and operated, Precision Garage Door Service boasts the largest garage door showroom and design center in Central Texas. Revamp your style with new customized garage doors with windows. Free estimates are available, and all calls are answered by an operator 24-7. Precision Garage Door Service, 1100 Jewel Drive, Waco, 254-522-9657, and at PrecisionDoorCentralTX.com. Ask about their financing options. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at CentexSportsFan.com. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls the foundation doctor will make a house call Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and um, I was just, uh, fellas, uh, getting ready to talk some Super Bowl. I was revisiting 
some of the snacks from yesterday. Love a good German grocer, a little German <laughs> deli. And um, anything where there's like meat hanging from the ceilings. I went over there Saturday, loaded up in um, in ridiculous fashion. And so that was part of the um, spread was the jalapeno meat sticks, the basic meat sticks, the, jalape- the jalapeno pimento cheese uh, to go with some. Uh, I-, I picked up a lot of things at Kubi's there in the Metroplex. Now, Cam and Aaron, what is the uh, Super Bowl party for you guys? Do you all have any certain go-to? Is it just the, the typical fare? You do some queso, chips, drinks. What's the, uh, what, what, what's the big ticket item? Yeah, I mean, we just, we just had some people over the house. It was probably eight, six or eight of us, and it was just all hors d'oeuvres. It was just yeah. bring your own. It's kind of pigs in a blanket. You know, what is really <laughs> entertaining to me is the thought of you looking through that deli mat. And because mm. I've I've seen you, you're you're great at interacting with people. But uh, just the thought of you looking through th- this deli and just loving all these meats, and I, I imagine you added mm. to your cart probably more than you thought was going to be at first. You know, I could just see you. Well, Ooh, that bratwurst looks pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, what do you recommend? I could see that, Matt. That that mm-hmm. that could be a great episode. Lots of smoked cheese. Lots of uh, and in typical Mosley slash Larry David fashion, I. Uh, <laughs> That's kind I, of what I, I was thinking, by the I way. I had, uh, I had been given Kubi's gift cards because I love that place so much for Christmas, and so as you just suggested, I loaded up my basket, yes. and uh, I get up there, and uh, in my in my mind, I was just sure that after Christmas, I put both of those gift cards in my wallet. So the total comes out to like, you know, hundred and thirty something dollars, and I can't find my gift oh, cards. No. <laughs> oh no! There was there was part of me that just wanted to get out of line, just like go put some items back. Yeah, you've so been excited. like, I'll come back real quick. Can you hold this for me? Uh, <laughs> just take the. I mean, I got the pint. I'll tell you the big ticket item that I didn't expect. That chicken salad looked incredible in the deli counter, and I know I know not a lot of people your age, Cam, are dying for chicken salad. No. But people our age and over, they love a good chicken salad, especially if it's really if it's done really well. And um, anyway, so that a big quart of that was about twenty three bucks. So, Aaron, anything so, fun? Anything interesting? Aaron says no. You want to say it for himself? Just said no. And just no. Aaron's party. Aaron does not want to participate in the uh, in the party talk. Now, the game itself. Um, so many different directions to go. I'm I'm bowled over today by the 49ers' admission that from several of their players, Eric Armstead being one of them. Uh, how do you say the fullback's name? That's such an Use athletic check. fullback. Use check. Harvard man, yeah. Love that guy. He's a Harvard guy. Basically admitted to no one had ever gone over the the, <laughs> the overtime rules. So, meanwhile, Kansas City had said all during training camp, they went over the new overtime rules uh, for the playoffs, which is both teams get a possession even if you score a touchdown the first. The only way it can end is like on a safety or something. So, you're going to get the possession. So, you probably want, in this instance, to get the ball second, much like college, 
so you know what you have to do because you're going to get right. another chance. What is Eric or whoever they sent out there? It wasn't it was, it was, Greenlaw was already hurt, wasn't he? It might have been Warner. Yeah, One of their linebackers gets sent out there, and he's like, we want the ball. Because, guys, what have we seen for the last 30, 40 years of overtime? You win the OT, you want the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing to me that you could get to this huge game. It's one thing if, like, one of us wasn't totally familiar <laughs> with, the, with the, you know, we can overcome that. I don't think, if you play the game and, and you get in that situation, you don't understand, like, who should get the ball first, what the strategy should be. Now, I don't know that analytics would say, oh, my gosh, this was a horrible mistake taking it first the coach has said hey we wanted the ball first I do think I believe Kyle Shanahan and I think he does know the rules but it's not a good look on him that to have several of his players in the aftermath saying and of course it brings us back to the old Donovan McNabb admitting that he didn't know the overtime rule in a regular season game many years ago didn't yeah didn't know it could end in a tie right was that yeah 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 Uh, I have two different thoughts on this, Matt, and they're not contradictory. But I I would say, and Shanahan said he did want the ball, I I would venture to say half of the coaches in the league would have made the same decision even knowing the rules. Now, personally, I I would like to to play defense first, to to know what's ahead of me, know what you got to do, and also play with four downs, I think is the big difference, versus having to play with three downs. Now, I, I do think there are enough coaches in this league. I think Dan Campbell would have done it in a heartbeat of taking the ball first to put pressure on the other team. Now, that doesn't the pressure thing doesn't necessarily work when you're going against Patrick Mahomes, but to, to say, hey, we, we trust our offense. We're going to put the, our foot on their neck when we score a touchdown here, and they've got to do the same thing. Like I, I think there is that school of thought that is probably prevalent around the league, uh, but conventional wisdom in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, I probably would have kicked to them, uh, given the Chiefs the ball first. Now, of course, I think the Chiefs would have scored a touchdown, but based on that game, there is a very real scenario where they do, where San Francisco does hold them to a field goal. Yes. They weren't elite on third down. No, and to start that game, they were one for four in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they were punching it in every time. That's and the thing course, that caught me. Is there there was yeah. that absolutely that opportunity that they could have held them to three. Yeah, I I'm starting to boy, it's really unfair because like Shanahan is a great coach, and so far has had a great career. But it's like you go, you do so well, and you keep putting yourself in these situations that he's going to end up if he doesn't watch it being remembered for what he didn't accomplish more than what he did. And it's unfair to people that, like, never get there, right? But he gets there and and not only gets there, but then puts himself in position. He's had in a championship game, he's he's, um, surrendered a double-digit lead. Now two Super Bowls uh, where he was either the play caller or the head coach. He has has surrendered. So, I mean, and I know, Cam, that's something you're interested in talking about is the – the, the 49ers not capitalizing and and really make it, even early, even early, if you think about it. 
boom, boom, boom. They're moving the ball beautifully. And McCaffrey, of all people, the guy goes seasons at a time without a fumble. Here comes the ball out of there. I mean, this was a strange game in that there, there seemed like there was a lot happening, right? But then at some point you're like, well, nothing's happened this first half. There's no scores. I mean, it ends up, what, 10-3 at the half. And then we it finally, it was like the fourth quarter, The it forced all the stuff to start happening. It's like, okay, now it's time for everything to start occurring. Yeah, and what impressed me the most actually was, and it has been the whole postseason, was Kansas City's defense. Now, I don't know if you got this feeling, Matt, but throughout the second half, I was just, you know, Casey wasn't moving the ball. They wouldn't get first downs. I don't know. They had their first one of the third quarter, like late in the quarter, and I was just like, "But San Francisco's not scoring. They f- they flip the field once, but they're not really moving the ball. And just however long you keep a Hall of Fame quarterback in the game, like you're you're just you're asking for it, man. And th- that's what it seemed like to me. And you gave him too many cracks. You're totally yeah. right. He ends up with 13 possessions. You end up giving. You give up the maybe a guy who's about to move into a situation where we look at him as like the second greatest ever. If we want to all agree that Brady's the greatest ever, like Mahomes is well on his way to being the second greatest sure. ever, and you gave him possession after possession, and you're right, but about three or four possessions in a row. That's one of the criticisms, by the way, of Romo in that game, is like there was no explanation really given, like why – why are why San Francisco in, in a huge juncture in this game? Why have they had four straight possessions without doing anything? Yeah, and and there's and the only thing Tony would say is run the ball, run the ball. <laughs> and when they would finally hand off to McCaffrey, that's good, that's good. They're running. I, I see Tony got put in a weird spot in this game. By the way, he he took so much criticism that he tried to be real quiet and measured in the first half. And it, and it just was a, yeah, I'm afraid Tony in a huge game was not quite himself. But just I'm, I'm let sorry. let Tony go, you know. Okay. If you're Tony, <laughs> just just let it loose, man. I mean, yes. at let times Tony he's been be the Tony. best color commentator ever when he's calling out the plays as they're about to happen, and sometimes he's too goofy. But like, yeah. just do it, man. Don't, don't, yeah, don't mute yourself. Um, yes. And and I was surprised that that just wasn't really a talking point, whether it be, uh, you know, on the broadcast or or for those young bucks like you and me on on Twitter and on social media. It was just all about wow, like, you know, how well the San Francisco defense is playing. And in that first half, their front seven was just overwhelming the Chiefs. And I just kept thinking, but it, it's only seven points and it's only four points and like, you <laughs> you know, ten or. 14 points clearly is not comfortable against this quarterback. And if you just leave them in a one possession game with almost any time left in the game, you cannot feel comfortable. And that's just, it was kind of a march towards that. And yeah, Shanahan has now had the double digit lead in all three of those Super Bowls, by the way, Matt, (laughs) which before his first Super Bowl, there had only been uh, twice that a 10 point lead had ever been blown in, in the Super Bowl. He's done it three times since then. Which is incredible. And and the Chiefs in those three Super Bowl wins, this is incredible. In those three Super Bowl wins are plus thirty in the fourth quarter in overtime. Plus thirty. They have lost the first three quarters of all of those Super yeah. Bowls 
and how or those three that they've won. They obviously lost the the one against Tampa that they I don't think ever led in, but three of those four where you were down after three quarters, you won. That that's an insane, insane thing to think about. I I had to laugh by the way when Rashi Rice. It's like. Why don't you be in the league for more than a cup of coffee before you want to start in a Super Bowl shouting at the great Mahomes on the <laughs> sideline? Did you see him over there? I, I did. <laughs> Wasn't the worst shouting on that sideline, but yeah. Yeah, and, and again, that was another thing they got on the broadcasters about. They didn't think they really did enough with the fact that Travis Kelsey – <laughs> who the spotlight was on him for double reasons. He's one of the greatest tight ends ever, and he's dating Taylor Swift. And so you've got a you got a, literally during a game almost knocks a sixty five year old man off his Reed. feet. Like Reed, he just he comes running up, and again I Reed almost went to the ground. Yeah, I mean yeah. it was it was a player making contact with a coach in, like, an extremely aggressive way. And, 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 and not really and, an accidental way, really. I mean, no, he probably no, isn't trying and, to knock him down, but he is bumping him. He knows he's getting close enough to bump yeah. him. It's it's yeah. weird. I, was, I thought I was going crazy. I'm glad you said it like that, Matt. I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, why is nobody talking about yeah. this? Like, well, Odell they, Beckham they did, with the field goal net a few years ago, that was a huge story. Every time Brady threw stuff down, it was a big story. Like, his, I mean, assault's probably too far, but he just went up and bumped his coach and yes. screamed in his face. I mean, yeah, could you? And, I'll consider you my boss for this scenario. Could you imagine if I just did that to you tomorrow at the Brazos Landing at a remote I mean, show? By the way, you should consider that for every scenario. And yeah. <laughs> thank you, Matt. <laughs> You're my play caller. I'll, I'll put it that way. You decide when I go out it's on the not, field. Not just this scenario. <laughs> Yes, I can't that tell would the be, fans that. That would be <laughs> that would be crazy if if the bump occurred and it like, would be the last. Nuts. It would be the last time you ever bump me. <laughs> <laughs> you would be bumped into the Brazos River. Mm, I, by the way, fun. I just heard my man Murph talking about the Brazos boys getting excited for that first weekend of baseball. Mm-hmm. This uh, whatever this tournament is, the Shriners, Shriners Classic, yep. I believe, up, up there, in your neck of the woods. Murph is a big-time, you know, Texas Ranger, Baylor. He went with Brazos, Brazos boys. Mm. Again, you're from the Northeast, and so there are little things like that that I'm sure it took you a minute to go, oh, this is said like this. Yeah. But there's no way David Murphy should have – should be calling something Brazos. That's bizarre. It, Isn't yeah, that sound like something from Game of Thrones? Did they have a? Did they have one of those places called like Bravos or Brazos? Or no, something? it just anyway. sounds like you would. It sounds like the way you would actually pronounce it, Correct. like that town in West Texas, Pecos, which is definitely Pecos, but that's okay. Or San Marcos, same way. Although I've heard both of those. That's weird. Maybe yeah. it's something up like there. He's heard, a Keller guy. Maybe it's it, something up there. They just don't know. He is from Keller. That's but you that's can't a Baylor say, baseball factory. You can't say Brazos if no. you're a Baylor. I mean, you it's gotta, play next to the Brazos River. It's got to basically anyway. rhyme with palace the way J-Mo says it. Palace on the Brazos. It almost rhymes. <laughs> Brazos ain't even close to rhyming. That's a that's a that's a demerit on Murph, who is uh, <laughs> yeah. who has hit the Cam Stewart triple yeah. crown. By the way, Baylor. Wareham Gateman of the Cape Cod Baseball League and the Boston Red Sox. That's the wow. Cam Stewart Triple Crown 
I think he's probably the like only that. one that has it. That's like hitting for the cycle for you. Yeah, if Muncie ever goes to the Red Sox, he'll have it. He played in Wareham, too. By the way, Aaron uh, Aaron Sexton. Boy, I love Muncie. Golly. Is he Keller? He's somewhere up there. He might Muncie, be Keller, too. Muncie's from, he's from the, I think he's from the Metroplex or something. Kelly Shopik was. I don't know about Muncie. We need to, we would need to double check Shopik that. also, uh, Bears and Red Sox. He's from Keller. Shopik is. Where does it say Muncie's from? Max Muncy came to Baylor from Houston area or like outside. Uh, <laughs> Muncy attended Keller High School in Keller, Texas. Wow! Look wow. at me, huh? Are you are are, are Shay Langoliers sure High School as well? Are you sure Murphy went to Keller? Or are you just throwing that out? I think David Murphy went there. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I think let me he let me see. Gone to like Colleyville or somewhere like that. Um, oh no, you're right. It's not Keller. You you okay. were right in that it's not Keller. Klein High School. Might. Klein. He's from Houston Race area. Okay, yep, I knew yep, one of those kids where Josh was from, from the Houston area. Okay, so that's my bad. And, and that's my bad. He still has the Wright triple Meyer crown. Also, um, Aaron, real quick. So you're the, the the thing that made you happiest about that Super Bowl was what? This 49ers losing in spectacular gut wrenching fashion. <laughs> Aaron's a hater. So, it really was. I was, I was so <laughs> like I was happy for Patrick Mahomes. You know, I enjoyed watching his greatness. But yeah, I, as a li- lifelong Cowboys fan, not wanting the 49ers even still with my Cowboys fandom not being what it used to be, I still don't want the 49ers to win another Super Bowl. Still can't. The Cowboys root ran for the Niners. And not only Dallas. did they not win another Super Bowl, they not one in spectacular fashion. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, Cam, guys our age, see, we were kids when the catch happened yes. with Dwight oh, yeah, Clark. Yeah, I, I get it. And get so it. we're 10, we were 9 or 10, and that was like, that left a, a mark. And, and uh, you know, it's like whatever happened with, I'm sure, I mean, first of all, you never had to experience the Patriots losing. It was very – Well, not uh, – To, to yeah, the I Giants, mean, that was sure. a tough one. But then they came that back. A, but, yes. And had another run. And we do need to – I did want you at some point, and we could even do it in this next one. Yes. You know, because you were going to compare. Going. You had a really nice comparison. But let's do some uh, – let's do the NFL Blitz package. And, uh, and let's remember, Pete Souza – I mean, he, in fact, big-time ESPN announcer, big in, uh, NFL guy, he'll weigh in on that. And right now, he's stuck in Provo. I mean, hes they've put him on every BYU game, I think, the rest of the season. <laughs> At this point, he is a member of the LDS. All of that coming up next. Baylor Baseball returns February 16th, opening the new season in the Shriners Children's College Showdown. The Bears open their challenging schedule, taking on Nebraska, Oregon, and Tennessee in the three-day tournament at Globe Life Field in Arlington. This season, join Derek Smith and Tom Barfield for all the play-by-play of Baylor Bear Baseball. And it all begins February 16th, right here on ESPN Central Texas. 
Attention fans of Hellberg Barbecue. You can enjoy their Central Texas-style barbecue, homemade sides, and desserts at their current location, 8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. They are operating drive through and curbside service out of food trailers parked outside the building. And their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. or till they sell out. Customers can call 254-265-5387 for pre-orders. Hellberg's Barbecue full-service catering option is still available for your next group outing. Soon, Hellberg will offer sandwiches and banana pudding at the grab-and-go markets inside the new Foster Pavilion. The future of Hellberg Barbecue includes a new building, bigger and better than ever, just down Highway 6 from the current location. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-5387 and at hellbergbarbecue.com. Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100-plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands, Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. 
Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, Cam Stewart, Aaron Sexton on a Monday. Man, we we do not have those Monday Super Bowl blues. Well, maybe Cam does. Freshly back from a uh, from a trip and a uh, bachelor party could be dragging, but has sounded good on the air. Has sounded solid on the air. I do not have eyes on him to know if he's got kind of a hangdog expression, but he has sounded spry <laughs> on the air today. Aaron, uh, lead us off here with some NFL headlines as we start to break down this uh, this Super Bowl, which had uh, quite an ending and only the second overtime Super Bowl. And we all remember the one with Dan Quinn involved just a few years ago. <laughs> We will talk plenty of Super Bowl, but first, uh, some Cowboys business. Tom Pelissaro reporting that it's finally official and that the Cowboys are ex- have hi- have hired Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. This was announced on Friday, had it on the Blitz on Friday, but over the weekend, Rex Ryan pushed back and said, no, they haven't hired, and he wanted the job, and well, now it's official, according to Tom Pelissaro. The Cowboys have hired Mike Zimmer. Well, and and just to back that up, and uh, Tommy's rare, rarely wrong, but, yeah, Rex said, I don't think that thing's done. <laughs> and even kind of got under the skin of Shefty. Adam Schefter kind of, you know, I think Adam would have preferred Rex had tipped him off that he was going to say that before Adam went down that path of, of basically saying so. I, I saw an interesting interview with Schefter where he told the story of Rex in the past telling him there was nothing to whatever about the Denver Broncos and then Jay Glazer having it for Fox. thought that was an interesting. That was, uh, that was uh, when he appeared on uh, our buddy in the muscle shirt, McAfee, the Pat McAfee show. DJ Otzelberger's, I thought, where you were going with that one. What's that? Our buddy in the muscle shirt. I thought you were talking about TJ Otzelberger. <laughs> He's in a muscle golf shirt. Yes. And we'll see another one tomorrow night. Porter Moser Porter, is yeah. a man who loves a good tight shirt. A schmedium, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, by the, but I, I, Werner had this quote uh, here in the last t- 20 minutes, guys, from Zimmer. He said, I'm excited and honored to be back with a great organization. I'm thrilled to work with Mike McCarthy, for whom I've had a ton of respect in our NFC North days and to do anything I can do to help the Joneses and the Cowboys. All right, boys, when, the, when, the, when a member of the Doomsday Podcast reports it, you know it. Take it to the bank. So Mike Zimmer is the defense coordinator, but that was a weird flip-flop going on <laughs> yesterday. But uh, there we are. There we are. Thank the you for Cowboys settling Super us all Bowl. down. Here we go. Yeah. Cowboys Super Bowl now. Yeah. Oh, you got to feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Hours after the Chiefs become the first became the first team in 20 years to win back-to-back Super Bowls, they started aiming to become the first team ever to win three straight championships. 
Quarterback Patrick Mahomes said it would be legendary. No one's ever done it. We know it's legendary to win back-to-back. I think eight other teams have done that. We had heard it all week. We talked to the guys, and we felt good. We're going to continue to play our best football, he said, about possibly having the first three-peat in NFL history. Well, I mean, I I kind of like to – I kind of like to let them, uh, you know, get in there and, and uh, celebrate for a little bit before we get all the three-peat talk going. But, um, you know, as someone that has cheered for a team, the evil Patriots, as Cam Stewart has, he's grown up, he's cut his teeth on that organization. You know, you know, Cam, how hard that can be. Oh, I know. To actually know. get that done. And I know you hearken back to a time when the uh, – the Patriots were able to go back-to-back, but I'm sure the three-peat was in the offing after that and uh, sure. did not come to fruition. It did not, and, and more recently in the second run, so they did three and four years in the early 2000s and then three and five in the late 2010s. They went to three straight Super Bowls in that in that span and obviously just missed out on that middle one against Philadelphia. Trust me, it's a long season, Matt. It's not easy. I am still getting used to this Super Bowl thing being not really stressful. You know, usually I go into it, most of my life I've gone into it with the Patriots playing and knowing my life was going to change for better or for worse depending on the outcome of that football game. So, you know, there's some solace in that, that it's that it's uh, not a life or death game in the Super Bowl. But they are, the Chiefs now are like full Patriots in terms of the hatred by other fans. I think that's there. No. Outside, outside no. of Aaron, not, I think that's not, not even close. Yet. No. Not, not even close. Yet. How no. do you say not even close? Though? You don't understand how despised yeah. the Patriots were. Oh, I remember. You were, you oh, were I remember. <laughs> yeah, I do. Right. I, w- I was in college when they went to uh, – my four years in college, they went to three of the four Super Bowls. I remember how that felt. It was not – I was not a popular guy on those days. But, see, Can- Kansas City, they may dislike them for all the winning – and they may even dislike Mahomes to a certain extent. But once you get labeled, it's like the Astros. Once you get labeled as cheaters, whether some of it's nonsense or whatever. You know, one yes, of those stories yeah. from the Boston Herald, they got the whole story wrong about, like, the taping or whatever. Yeah, Tomasi's I mean, still people, got a job, which is incredible, but, but people, that's People, I've, I've known him for years, and I actually like the guy. But, yeah, he got a story <laughs> way wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah. And and I, I I think there's still cheating attached to that. Like people people still kind of think, well, yeah, they cheated then. So, but they see they got them on a couple of other things. Even before that story ever came, they had been fined. And you remember when Belichick get hit, got hit hard mm-hmm. we, yep. for either a million or five hundred k for something about the illegal videotaping or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. All right, and then of course Deflate Gate, which again ended up being really not that big of a deal, but it just added, like they they were so b- despised, and so it was easy for people to attach that. And to this day, a, m- a majority of America thinks of them as as cheaters. I mean, they really do, and whether and majority whether that's America fair or not. That yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I just I feel like okay. we're like I'm just one. Saying they don't think of Kansas City as cheaters. I feel like we're they like one controversial call away from like just <laughs> super hatred, like a like a Des caught it kind of call that goes Kansas City's way. 
You don't think so? Like a tuck rule call going Kansas City's way? I think we are on the verge of a meltdown of that for the rest of the fan base. Yeah. I do think it's funny that, like, that the bu- Buffalo's outcry from that AFC title game changed these overtime rules. Yeah. And even Mahomes joked about it. It's like, yeah, made sure made sure I was going to get my my shot no matter what happened. I, I just I cannot get over the 49ers being down there at the end of regulation, and they couldn't – all they had to do was get that third and five, That's right? It. I mean, it, it's just you get the third and five, and Kansas City had already burned one of those timeouts, and they're in huge trouble. They're in huge trouble. And, 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 and they got the ball back with, what, a minute 53, which is just nothing for Mahomes. Right. Shocking! Right. It didn't go down there and hit the, you know, hit the, get the touchdown. I mean, it was shocking they kept them out of the end zone, but they did, and then it all came down to it. By the way, that extra point was big. That extra point's I mean, not getting talked about that much. The game. Yes, I mean, it's not at the, right at the end of regulation, but you lose the game in overtime after you missed an extra point, and that was another thing that I don't think they really harped on in the broadcast at the time. But I'm like, this is massive. This is the fourth quarter. You're going. You're up three with a chance to go up four and make them score a touchdown, and you don't do it. That was a but, massive miss. And why does why can't people understand that when a Kansas City receiver goes in motion or anybody goes in motion, like that dude, like you really, really <laughs> ought to like watch that dude, right? <laughs> And it's He's just like, the ball. well, he got leverage because, oh, my gosh, we got to watch Kelsey. And that dude had so – I mean, it's like, it's like the easiest things ever. They don't look like that hard. And Tony's like, that's the Andy Reid special. They got him on the Andy <laughs> Reid special. They put a dude in motion. And he went back the other direction. And they couldn't cover it. They flat out couldn't cover it. And I liked – I think that Wilkes a pretty good coach over there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, Cam, are you sticking around for this next hour? I'm sticking around. You can't get rid of me that easy. I don't know if people get married for another couple months. All right. All right. Just making sure you're going to stay with us. Uh, I want to introduce you to a man, Cam. You've probably already met him. Pete Souza. Pete's a fan. uh, ESPN college basketball and football broadcaster he joins us next the flagship station for baylor basketball is espn central texas announcing the 12 dollars lunch menu tuesday through friday at the brazos landing this menu is the most diverse in town no matter what you're craving it's a good bet the brazos landing has an entree to satisfy your appetite check out the one-of-a-kind eight ounce akaushi burger or the six ounce akaushi ribeye chicken fried steak their chili relleno is famous and if seafood is on your mind, try the shrimp or crawfish etouffee. We're I-35 of the Brazos River Meat, the Brazos Landing, Waco. We've made it through the holidays, and another gift-giving season is already here. Valentine's Day is fast approaching, and if you're not sure what to give, come to Morrison's Gifts and let their 45 years of gift-giving expertise work for you. From candy to jewelry to plush animals to scents, soaps, and lotions, they've got you covered. They offer custom gift baskets and many grab-and-go items as well. And don't forget their huge selection of John Hart and Consuela bags and totes. Morrison Gifts is located near Jason's Deli at the corner of Waco Drive in Valley Mills. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? 
or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine. Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product, so give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN Central Texas. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal House lender looking for that perfect valentine's day gift how about free columbian red roses with your jewelry purchase only at diamore fine jewelers say i love you this valentine's with nature's most beautiful treasures diamonds and free red roses celebrating a lifetime of valentine's together with a free dozen red roses at diamore fine jewelers 4541 west waco drive an exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, Cam Stewart alongside 
back from some time off, some well a well earned break, I might add. Wow, it was time. <laughs> and uh, Aaron Sexton, and now joining us, Pete Souza, and he's become a very recognizable presence, <laughs> Big Twelve football, basketball, and uh, the the folks of Provo have fallen in love with Pete, mainly because he just <laughs> refuses to to leave town. Now, Pete, do you uh, are you familiar with Cam Stewart's work? What do you what do you think about I our decision it. to bring Cam Stewart into the fold? Are you are you good with that? Look, Cam is from the Northeast, so right away he's good. He's good in my book, right? Uh, so I let I let everybody else. Cam, you're from Massachusetts, right? That's correct. Yeah, big plus. Beat so, Souza. Right there, he and I hit it off, but it does worry me a little bit that you'll let anybody in that place. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a Cam guy. I'm on board with Cam. I'm All a big right. fan We're, of Pete. I'm just myself. trying to keep him focused. He's got a lot of <laughs> other. He's got a lot of outside opportunities, and this needs to become his focus, Pete. Look, and, ma- and Pete. Pete will tell you his number one focus is the Mosley Show. He has become. He's kind of our Big Twelve insider. And I need Cam to have that same – I need Cam, I need you to have that same kind of mindset and I'm gonna attitude, try. okay? I'm going to try. The best ability, Cam, is availability. That's true. Remember that. Yes. And what Pete and I don't get enough credit for, he mentioned it in there, we're both from the Northeast, we're both on the air a lot, where you are not allowed to swear. And I don't think we get yeah. enough credit for that. No FCC violations yet. For, for guys <laughs> no, like exactly. me and Pete from around the way, that's not an easy thing to do. I'm I'm right with you. Uh, the biting yeah. of the tongue happens every so often. Yeah. Well, it's uh, there was there's some uh, moments in that game yesterday that I'm sure produced some uh, foul language in some parts of the country. Pete, what did um, before we get into some Big Twelve basketball and why you have decided to make Provo your uh, second <laughs> home? What is uh, what did you think of our man Usher? We hadn't had an opportunity. I mean, that's kind of. I like to, Pete, think of you and I in the same kind of age range. Cam's a little bit younger. Usher is kind of a throwback, makes everybody think back. I mean, he's, I think Usher's about 45 years old, but, I mean, golly, I hadn't seen him in for a long time, and the guy, it's like he was just ageless. To me, he he did a great job out there. I'm never going to lie to you. I I was actually in transit during the halftime show. I watched the first half of the Buffalo Wild Wings. And so I drove back to the hotel during halftime, and I missed the show. Now, as far as Usher is concerned, I think Usher, and and this is what I've heard from a lot of people today talking about it, I I think we almost forgot how successful he was as an artist because all those songs were sort of like household tunes. And it is a nice reminder that this guy was a a megastar. And, uh, yeah, but I I didn't see it, so I can't comment on that. Now, I can comment on – the Taylor Swift activity, which she is really on a heater. I mean, like she almost willed this team to uh, to the Super Bowl. It's amazing. Bandwagon fan, uh, though. Bandwagon fan. I am a bandwagon fan. No, yeah, she. No, no thought, she is. Pete. She is. She just oh, happens she is, to become yeah, a fan she, when they're the Super Bowl champs, and all they do I, is win it again. Coincidence? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, and I, I I didn't have any issue with her like being you know on the screen as much as she was. Uh, you know, if, if here's here's something, and and my fans, cowboy fans, can appreciate this. If 
Jessica Simpson and Tony, Tony Romo had stayed together. And if Tony Romo had ever gotten the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, it would have been the same exact stuff. So I think it's, it's an opportunity for us to enjoy this power couple. And I don't think CBS overdid it either. I thought they did a nice job. Well, that was around 2007 Six, seven, yeah. when, when Tony and yeah. Jessica were dating for a while. And remember I was in the middle were, of all remember, that. Remember I was covering. Teams? Yeah, I I, so I was around. Cancun on a bye week? I didn't go. I didn't go with them. But yeah, that was the <laughs> 2007 playoffs. Yeah. Invitation. He yeah. he yeah. like he dated Carrie Underwood too at some point. And boy, that was Parcells was hot about that. Not about Carrie, but she before one of those games in 2006. She was down on the field hanging out with him. It was like the final regular season game. They lost 38-31 to Detroit. And Carrie Underwood's down there running around the field before the game. And, and Parcells was just had enough. And then in 2007, that Jessica Simpson thing was completely orchestrated by her dad, who was from the Metroplex, who was oh, a huge Cowboys Joe fan, Simpson. Joe Simpson, who's yeah. his own story, which I don't want to get into. He was a former youth director. Who, who yeah. was a little bit too involved, as a lot of parents do. They get way too involved in the careers. But, um, yeah, Joe orchestrated that, that get-together. And then uh, he would he, yeah, he would eventually end up with Candace, who he's married to now. Um, Pete, as a broadcaster, do you, do you think Tony is getting, like, too much backlash and flack? Like, is it one of those things where he probably got a little too much praise early on? And now he's getting too much criticism, or are you? Do you think the criticism right now of Tony is warranted with some of his, you know, over the top and and constantly saying Jim's name and oh Jim and all that? Like where where are you on the Romo experience right now? I, I, I love I love listening to Romo. I, I like I like him on the call. You know, it's one of those things too. I, I, I'm I, when someone is in my living room or constantly doing a big game i think i over time i i don't remember ever not being able to stand someone that was on that number one crew at a network it hadn't happened to me yet the thing about romo i think he's awesome and i thought last night he really brought it in a sense where he kind of dusted that back off telling us what play was going to happen and why guys were doing what they were doing i thought it was, it was good he seemed super prepared i'm sure he was I was a little, and this just happens in life and in broadcasting, I was a little bummed that he sort of stepped on uh, Nance's yeah. call of, of the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. He, he sort of took the air out of it. And I think in that situation, you're Tony Romo. You need to kind of be understanding of, like Fran Priscilla told me this early in the year. He said, hey, at the end of the game, I'm, I know who's, whose time it is, right? I mean, that's the play-by-play guy's time because – these are deciding factors. I mean, when there's opportunities to poke in, the color guy, of course, by all means, that's why you're there. But I thought that Tony took it too close to the snap there. I mean, if we're going to get, like, inside baseball, and I thought I, as a fan, was a little pumped because I thought, you know, he was almost kidding around with Nance about something. And then we had a game-winning, a Super Bowl game-winning touchdown. So I thought that was yeah. kind of, uh, I thought that was yeah. interesting. I tell you, I wish Fran Priscilla would defer to me like that. He's never said anything to me like that. Hey, you're the man. You're the man. He barely lets me talk. Um, go, uh, go ahead, um, Cam. I'm sure you have something for Pete Souza 
of ESPN. Yeah, Pete, this is a pretty decent basketball conference, isn't it? No, yeah. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, but right. you, you've been around. <laughs> you've been around BYU a bit, and that's somewhere. That's someone that Baylor needs to look at uh, next week. I think it's next Tuesday, not Monday. Um, how? What's impressed you about that team specifically, BYU? Because they've been kind of in and out of the rankings, but have played really well at home. There's been critiques of their offense with too much three point shooting, but it seems like a more complete team than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think Baylor comes to play them here, yes. which is now that's two totally different experiences playing BYU on the road and then playing them at home uh, at the Marriott Center. It's 20,000 people going crazy. You know, Caleb Lohner knows all about it, mm-hmm. and I even I did hear Fran joke with them earlier in the year, like, "Are you going to get these guys ready to go out there? Because it's going to be a different experience." They are extremely physical, like under the radar kind of physical. Right, they're just these are grown men. Sure, Spencer Johnson, one of their best players, is 26 years old, and you know if he has opportunities to match up against somebody like Jacoby Walter, there are certain things he can do to get in a player like BYU has, and they they are they're great shooters. They have great continuity as far as they know. You know, the left hand always knows what the right hand's doing. So as far as defensively i was surprised i had them uh saturday night and i was surprised how they were able to keep up with kansas state and just stay in front of them like they could uh helping on defense Uh, and mark pope i think is one of the guys who's coming up as a coach who we'll be talking about him a lot more over the next few years uh i'll be interested to see what byu can do like as far as postseason is concerned but that's the last place i would want to take my team uh, to go play, um, you know it's cool. It's a really cool environment to see a game. But uh, if I was was Baylor, I wouldn't be looking forward to that trip. The Marriott Center, um, I, it does look kind of loud. All these places look a little intimidating. Cincinnati, it's UCF. The cleanest, it's the cleanest arena I've ever been in in my life, and and I and that's saying something. I've been in a lot of you know I did PR for many years in in, in basketball in the NBA and with USA Basketball. I've been to a lot of arenas. It is the cleanest arena I've ever I've ever set foot in. Well, I mean, I don't even. What, you mean just they just pick up? They're good at picking up after themselves. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. So it's fifty years old, right? It's more than fifty years old, and and yeah. it's like still has like a new car smell almost. Mm. Yeah. They they are like constantly vacuuming and picking up after themselves. Yeah, it's uh, kind of amazing. What about that kid that was? Uh, I, that was kind of neat. I happened to hear about that Cougar Tell. It kind of went viral a little bit. The kid at the BYU game. Now Cougar Tell is like some form of pastry or something like that. Uh, that they call it that at BYU sells at their football and basketball games, right? Is that what is a Cougar Tell? A Cougar Tell. It's I, I had one on Saturday. They they uh, they gave me one. Tyson, their their uh, PR guy. It's basically exactly what you described. It's a long, it's almost like a foot-long hoagie, but the bread is awesome. And and inside the the foot-long, which there's no opening, you know what I mean? So, but it's like oh, it's almost it feels like it's a foot, and it's uh, amazing pastry inside. I had uh, like a quarter of it, and I thought I was going to go into like diabetic shock, so I gave it to the guy who was next to me. 
um, doing stats, and he, he seemed happy to have it. Oh, I'm sure he loved your half-eaten cougar tail. Here you go, <laughs> stat guy. Here you go. No, Matt, he I'm going to give you my scraps. Yeah. Oh, man. Cam, do you have another one, sir? Well, I was actually going to ask more of a Baylor-centric question for Pete, who did sure, some, uh, uh, some of the first few games at the Foster Pavilion, which I think has had great atmospheres every time I've been there. Now, I was yearning for that. So it could have been wishful thinking on my part to be like, oh, this is one of the best atmospheres in the country now. Uh, Pete, I wonder if you feel that. You've been all around the Big 12. Does the environment that Baylor can put out in the Farrell Center, or excuse me, the Foster Pavilion, night in, night out, not only beat out the Farrell Center, but finally give them that home court advantage that it seems the rest of the teams in this conference have? Yeah, I would say absolutely, and I was lucky enough to be there. I think you were too, Cam. Oh, when uh and and so was Mosley when they beat Iowa State. And that was one of the deals. Like So you had a three-overtime game against TCU, but you lost. And as loud as it got, maybe it didn't get loud enough. That Iowa State game, because there was, like, actual unrest that we were all or, – or should I say the fans were dealing with, with the Scott Drew situation, there was obviously, like, real angst towards the officials – with Coach Drew getting thrown out after two technicals where it was kind of hard to believe that that had happened. And then the bench gets a technical foul. I mean, the crowd was rowdy. And they I feel like they broke through in that game. Uh, it kind of felt like, and it, this isn't Baylor really, but it felt like a blue-collar crowd for a little while. And I thought that was so awesome. And it kind of knocked off because I'll tell you, the, the broadcaster I was working the game with uh, Mike McDonald and uh, and also um, T.J. Otzelberger said, you know, before the game, uh, Iowa State's coach was like, this has a real new car feeling to it, like a new car smell. Um, and, you know, if, I, I think before people would say it didn't have like any teeth to it, right, Foster Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just in a, in a real short body of work. But it has teeth now. And I feel like it is the long answer, but I think it is one of the more difficult places uh, people will have to play because Baylor's, I mean, look, they're always good. Right. That's so the other thing. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, like West Virginia this year. I have Baylor, West Virginia coming up Saturday. Now that arena is huge and, and they love West Virginia basketball, but I'll be interested to see if it's like sold out. Like it usually is, or was when, when Huggins was there uh, and the team was always competitive. I know they're going to be competitive Saturday, but you catch my grip. They're at the bottom of the conference. I think Huggins is like a shadow coach now. He's still at every game. I think he's secretly yeah. meeting with the team. I think he's yeah. trying he's yeah. trying to coach him up a little bit. I'm going to talk to that McDonald guy so you don't have to about like when there's four seconds left and the guy's headed toward the bucket and the game's on the line that we don't need like an update in the middle of that. So anyway, <laughs> he did, he did I'll handle job. that. that, was, uh, that game, he did such a good job. That game was so crazy. I know, um, I know. That, that I think we were, it was, it was just, it was shocking. That was like, he and I were like a couple of kids. I kept looking at the clock. Literally, yeah. I didn't want the game to end. It was like one of those things where I was like, man, I can't believe this is going to be over. That was one of the best experiences I've ever had at a basketball I, game. Period. You know, after that triple OT, I did want it to end. I wanted it. I, want, <laughs> I was very glad to see that. And, of course, then the kid hits the three, you know, hits it off the glass. Everybody hits it off the glass in this new pavilion, and Scott has talked about maybe trying to change some of that. By the way, 21 turnovers the other night uh, in Kansas. Some of that 
is maybe the crowd or even the Kansas defensive intensity. Some of that was just some weirdness, you know, just like, just I mean, just not taking care of the ball and, and just being extremely careless, and yet they had a chance. So, I don't know. I Pete, I kind of came away from that, like, not feeling horrible um, as I normally would about a loss because they didn't play well, and they still had a shot to send that game to OT. Now, that said, I'm worried that could be a fatal flaw because well, you, as much you, as I, I love Ray J, right. he, he's turning the ball yeah. over too much. Let's just be honest. He's not – he does not always value the basketball, and that's not a that's a that's a concern with your starting point guard. And I asked Coach Drew this, and I'm sure other people have too. But I asked him this before the Iowa State game. You know, do you feel like there's maybe an overusage of of him to where you might see some wear and tear? And he felt like no, no, no way, no how. And you know, I don't think that's what we're seeing from him now. But I think we are seeing. Um, that they have a lack of depth at the point guard position. And like you said, if you want to go deep in this thing, you need to pick up a little more, a little more depth. I'm surprised we haven't seen more Miro little, but we really just haven't. Uh, and, and, you know, there's other guys on the floor who can certainly handle the ball, but can they take over that like maestro, you know, position where they're just like, they're running the offense. And you knows, we may see Miro little go out of his mind in the last, portion of this uh, conference schedule he is I mean the guy's a good ball player um, so and there are certain moments where a guy can just emerge and maybe his time will be coming just as a reserve to handle the ball but that does seem like some place on their roster that they're lacking a little bit like I, I, I've seen with my own eyes this year well I tell you it's uh, always great to catch up with you is there anything the, uh, the Provo, I know you're not maybe into the nightlife uh, like you were in the past, but does Provo, <laughs> do you uh, do you get out there and maybe look for a hike? Or how far so away are you I, from I, actual I, I, skiing? I yeah. got out for a hike today. This Today was the first day in like nine months. And I know people have it much harder. And there's people with like four or five kids they're chasing around. But it was the first day I'd woken up in a long time. and been like, wow, like I have things to do, but I don't really have anywhere to be per se, like, it was great. So I, I did go for a hike, uh, like, earlier today, and it was it's, it's so beautiful out here. I'm here for the game. I have another game tomorrow night, so they just, ESPN just had to stay out here yeah. uh, from from Friday till, uh, till Wednesday morning, which is fine. I mean, it's a uh, it's, it's beautiful area. Yeah, hopefully you get, like, triple Marriott points, since that's a big deal out there. <laughs> yeah. The Marriott Center, yeah, so, too. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, um, Cam, say goodbye to Pete. We he, uh, I think that was his way of telling us this was his first off day in a long time, and of course we've <laughs> taken up now twenty two minutes as, of his day. As someone so, who enjoys rest after long hard work days, I'm going to give Pete that rest. Pete, big fan. Thanks for coming. You guys are awesome. I'll talk to you soon. All our best, Pete Souza. He's uh, he's enjoyed his time out there. He may join the Tabernacle Choir. That's a good choir. A lovely. Oh, that's a Bill Stewart favorite. We've had CDs in his car of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. That'd be Is my that dad. Your father. That's that's my father. Uh huh. Yeah. Bill Stewart. Yep. I wonder if the Tabernacle Tabernacle Choir would be well received like a Super Bowl halftime if they brought them in, maybe to back up somebody like Usher sure. or Alicia Keys. Some of those Hell early halftime shows were really bizarre. If you look back at like the first 10 or 15 Super Bowls and see those their halftime were, shows, 
looks it's like college bands. Yeah, at yeah. like at like Rice Stadium, which is the biggest yeah, the UT, eyesore in football. The 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 band of the show uh the show the band, show of, the band of the Southwest. Yeah. The the horns played at that particular Super Bowl. The ninety five Super Bowl, they had Indy and Marion or whatever her name was, you know, and from Raiders in the Lost Ark, they had a guy playing Indiana Jones running around on the stage and then I, I and then uh, like they stopped for a minute at a lounge to watch Tony Bennett do a song. Yeah, <laughs> Tony, Bennett, <laughs> Tony Bennett came out and did a song. Very strange, some of the stuff they did. And then they went through a phase of, like, Rolling Stones. The like, who. they were really trying to appeal, appeal to the baby boomers. Yeah. yeah. And the Who. Did you just say that? Yep, and, yep. Yeah, Springsteen. And Tom Petty yeah. to get a little more modern, yeah. yeah a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and McCartney. Now, I love seeing McCartney. That was just because I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, obsessed with the Beatles and all their history and everything. But Big that anniversary was a week last week. Um, of the Ed Sullivan show. Yes. What would that yeah. have been, the 50th or 60th? 60th. Arriving in the U.S. on the 7th, and I believe playing Ed Sullivan the 8th, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think? I think they had a like 10-song set list for that Ed Sullivan show. But think about how quickly they had to get through all those songs. It's about the same amount that Usher played yesterday. Yeah. But I... I know they started. I think they started that set with uh, "Hold Your," you know, "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Um, I think they did. Yeah, that was uh, wow. The Ed Sullivan Show. Good times. That's, that's good. That's, I, I appreciate Kansas. Remember kind of an well. old soul knowing some of that stuff. Um, okay, it is uh, the Mosley Show. Cam Stewart, Aaron Sexton. We got Campus Confidential coming up at about four forty. But next, let's jump back in to the Super Bowl, our comments, and uh, uh, what was Kyle Shanahan thinking? All of it next. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women on the road in Big 12 play on Wednesday to take on the Oklahoma Sooners. 5.30 for the countdown to tip-off. It's a 6 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. Tune into Baylor Women's Basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Amy Hunter, owner of Jeff Hunter Toyota. As you know, there's a lot of road construction in front of our dealership. Improvements are being made every day. And new Toyotas are arriving every day. All kinds of makes and models with new and exciting features. The Toyota brand is a leader in the automotive world in both popularity and reliability. Stop by and let us prove it to you. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Run a winning play over knee, hip, and shoulder pain. CorioHealth's all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle, use the latest minimally invasive technology, including orthopedic surgical robot, to perform total knee replacements. Whether your pain is from an old sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Corio Health Orthopedics can help make the play. Call today, 254-483-KNEE. That's 254-483-KNEE. 
Elevate your lifestyle with a Baylor Club membership. Enjoy unparalleled access to our exclusive lounge area located in the heart of McLean Stadium. Membership with Baylor Club means you're part of a vibrant community where networking and forging lasting connections is as easy as a smile and a handshake. Indulge in members-only events and personalized service that caters to your every need to make every day extraordinary. Contact the Baylor Club membership or private events team at 254 710 You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. King of the road. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Rico, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kisser, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. QC Kinetics patient Robert Patterson, a veteran and business owner, struggled at work and in the gym with chronic agonizing shoulder pain. Those injuries just continue to nag, and if you don't treat them, they just get worse. And I just kind of abused my body for a long time, and it finally had said enough is enough. That's okay, because QC Kinetics tells your pain, hey, enough is enough. Their regenerative treatments bring you relief by helping restore and repair damaged tissue with no drugs, no downtime, and best of all, no surgery. I was able able to exceed the goals that I had previously attained in the gym, it was absolutely worth its weight in gold. So I could continue to live life without limitation. Ready to get lasting relief from your joint pain? Call QC Kinetics to learn more about how natural biologic treatments can get you lasting results. Call now. It's a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Um, Just listening to that song right there made me think of some of the performers last night (coughs) that um, came out. There was the producer. Well, somebody came out in those high pants. What do we call those? um, Oh, kind of. Capris. Floods or whatever. What's that? I would have called them capris, but yeah, floods. Yeah, capri, capri pants. Yeah, and or long shorts, the, depending on the guy era. Was, um, that guy was like a producer, and I think he was on the, when that song Jump came out, and that was a huge deal, you know, circa 
Oh, I don't know how far you go back for that one. Like 91, 92? Yeah, well, I don't know. He was involved with that. And then you had Will I Am showed up. Yeah, Dupree, because I didn't know totally. And then I knew immediately Ludacris looked like Ludacris, although his hair is different. (laughs) I remember when he would have dreads and everything. And then uh, Lil John, like you couldn't do that one song without them. Yeah, I, mean, I love I love that Coop, Cooperstein, you know Chuck Cooperstein, our good friend. But you know Chuck was trying to decide why Usher needed all that help, like why why he wasn't good enough just to hold it on his own. He's tiring himself had to explain, out. Well, also that some of those people had collaborated on some of those big hits, right? And right. and that's kind of what we do at Super Bowl. We have it's kind of fun to see who all comes out, who comes out. To, I mean, like, are we? Are we bummed to see Alicia Keys? Like, I've never, there's never been a moment where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to see Alicia Keys again. No, she's incredible. She's great. <laughs> and she's good up. friends. Yeah, I mean, all of it was, I mean, every, and, and then uh, how do we, that, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. On, on guitar, you had, now I know it's kind of like written H-E-R, H dot E-R, E dot R, but I guess. Like an acronym. Is she, yeah. yeah, but her. I, I believe mean, I, it's just her. Yeah, I'm I think not that's up what to people say. It. Yeah, but anyway, she's good, and she was out there, uh, and she sang when she was a little girl before she did the national anthem for a Niners game when she was a little kid. Oh, wow. And now she is a, you know, a pop sensation, guitarist, the whole thing, her. In so, a Niners anyway. Super Bowl halftime show, which, now, by I the way— yeah. Uh, do do you are you familiar with the song uh, "Party Rock Anthem" from around yeah. 2011 yeah. with that uh, with that uncle nephew combo LMFAO? Yeah. When Ludacris showed up on the screen, my girlfriend tapped me and said, "Is that LMFAO?" <laughs> They've built up like this is uh, yeah is Usher's biggest song. Like it's yeah. uh, it was a massive song even for people my age to remember, even though it was 20 years ago. Um and. They're building up the whole song. It's to Ludacris's part of the song, which is iconic. And he's walking up there, and she goes, is that LMFAO? (laughs) (laughs) Like, even if it looks 5% like Ludacris, it is Ludacris. It has to be Ludacris. Like, this is it. It would be Ludacris for it not to be Ludacris. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, did you have anybody that you saw in that group that kind of got you going, brought back some good memories? Was that a show that you were? Uh, did anybody kind of? Did you get, or were you kind of, were you kind of um, mad on that show? It was good. It was a little like those hits were popular as I was getting into, as we were, we were getting into our mid thirties, I think, early to mid thirties. So, and at that time, I wasn't listening to much new music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I knew that all the big hits, which is what they were singing, and it was good, but. It wasn't as like iconic as when Dre and Eminem and everyone performed. That that, yeah, that hit, hit closer to to our age range, uh, correct? With, with more nostalgia than this, but this but was good Usher's and definitely not had much some younger than us. No, Usher, yeah, was doing it honestly not long after we were out of college because he's forty five and boy, his dancing he had the glove on. Felt like that was a, a shout out to Michael, but like. There, he's he there. It's amazing to me how somebody could be out of the spotlight that long, and they're that good. Like he's yeah. that on point. Still puts on the and, shirt, and then he rips off the shirt. 
you know, and you're like, oh gosh, I mean, 45, 46 year old dude's gonna, and he, you know, he was fine. He did, he did fine. I don't think any women were like, oh no, he, this, this is scary, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and he 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 started performing on roller skates, and I thought at first I'm like, now this is weird. This goes way back to when we were kids. The roller, I don't even think was that a big thing, Cam, when you were growing up in no. the in the Northeast, or were roller rinks not even really happening at that point? Uh, you know what it was for? It was like grade school birthday parties, but okay. not like a like what it used to be. Hey, Friday Saturday night, let's go to the roller rink. As yeah. preteens and teenagers, no. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we used to have Super Skate in Seagaville, pretty big deal. And then I, I always remember I came off the floor when it was couple skate time. I was in no, I was at no age where I was brave enough to ask anybody <laughs> to to go around there and skate around. But I thought some of the skating, I mean, that's just to me to do that set, and then you put some skates on, and you know he looked fine. Mm. He looked like he'd done some roller skating. Back in the day, just extremely talented. So it, I, I thought the, I thought the show was pretty good. I it, thought it was. It fun. almost, with how you see Super Bowl halftime shows today. Oh wow, this is really getting me going. Yes. Uh, yes. it almost Great felt song. like a, close to a no frill Super Bowl halftime show that you can get now. Like it was, it was pretty cool the skating and everything, but. The stage wasn't all that elaborate, which I kind of like. You know, they were just out there. They had clearly something on top of the field. But, like, it was just kind of, hey, I can dance. And I also sang some hit songs, too. And it was just kind of that. So I'm here for it. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It doesn't really move the needle much for me. Usher doesn't, yeah. in general, move the needle for me very much. But it would take a lot to move the needle for, for you. For me, you yeah. You have to get, like... I think moving the needle for you might be like Pantera or somebody. I would need Oasis out there. Reunion. <laughs> Who they're up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Matt, if you're into that kind of thing this year. Uh, yeah, I would take, I mean, that, that, that L.A. one that we were talking about earlier with, with Dre and Friends was cool. I, I, I liked that, you know. It was, it was L.A., it was like sunny out during the, during the halftime and, they had the cars out there yeah. at one point, and it, that that was a cool one. But eh, I, I'm not much of the entertainment part of it. The entertaining, the entertaining part for me were those great special teams plays. What's what's the uh, <laughs> what's the what's the uh, hardest uh, group they've had? Like, did they ever have Aerosmith? The hardest group they had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying we had the it. Who and the Rolling yeah. Stones and all of that. I'm saying. Did they actually ever have like a real, you know, no. more like bordering on metal? Have they ever? Didn't one year they bring Slash out? Maybe yes. he played with somebody. I, think I guess he, that's the closest thing they've yeah. ever gotten to like metal. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all stuff you can reasonably play in a dentist's office. Like maybe <laughs> maybe maybe Dr. Dre and Eminem aside, I guess, but. Pretty much everything else, you gotta you gotta appeal to the lowest common denominator. The dentist uh, office is even to this day. You're either you either got your Christian dentist <laughs> that will go with the KLTY or whatever, or the KVIL doc. You know the the or you you could have like the throwback. Used to have like ninety eight yeah. seven in the Dallas area, and you would go with the goodies. You know the oldies, but goodies. But I think the safest one the would be anything with KVIL. That would be that would be the main thing. Now. Let's let's talk for just a second before we get to Campus Confidential about, like, Andy Reid 
who I used to cover with the Eagles and was seen as a bad game manager and someone who could never get it done, right? Peterson gets the the Eagles and wins the Super Bowl. After all those years, Andy went went to four straight NFC title games. People don't remember that. Like, Andy was really good, but he was kind of the – the Kyle Shanahan of his day. He couldn't yeah. quite couldn't, get the he big couldn't one. quite break through. But now, uh, fellas, would you care to try to list the coaches with more Super Bowl wins than Andy Reid? <clears throat> yes, I would care to do that. <laughs> I can do that okay. too. <laughs> Bill Belichick. Okay. Uh-huh. Chuck Knoll. Yep. End of list. That's it. Yep. End of list. I mean, Andy. He's got to go down as one of, of the best coaches. A ever. lot of people forget that George Seifert won the fourth yes. Super Bowl of the early forty of the Forty Niners dynasty. Yeah, and then coached himself out of the Hall of Fame, basically. Yeah, with that absolutely. Panther stint was terrible. They looked at that and they were like, "Okay, it was all Bill Walsh." Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there are coaches in the Hall of Fame that are not as good of coaches as Andy Reid. The one I always use is Tony Dungy, uh, and by no means was he a bad coach, but like Andy Reid's body of work is is more impressive, and by and by the same token, we do we still have like there's some of those guys who were really good coaches that couldn't get over the top. The one that I think really uh, that I always think of in that case is is Marty Schottenheimer, who you can't deny was a, a heck of a football coach, but his postseason record was just putrid, just terrible. And Andy Reid was a guy who couldn't win the big one, Matt, and you said it before. He couldn't manage the clock. Like, he didn't really cost his team a, a Super Bowl by not managing the clock correctly, but he managed he, – he didn't manage the clock enough that it cost his team a real shot at winning that Super Bowl against the Patriots yeah. in Jacksonville. Oh, he, he screwed that up. Yeah. That, that's yeah, when Donovan absolutely. was dry heaving in the, in the huddle or whatever that was. But they yeah. – Belichick was like, I, I couldn't understand that I have the, the score wrong. We're up 10, right? We're up two scores, and they just – they they kept huddling. They didn't they didn't call their timeouts at the right time. They didn't go with a hurry up offense. So yeah, I mean he was like the Shanahan is is yeah. a good comparison. He was I, the goat and not in the I, way we use that term now. You think that made Dak uncomfortable? Did you see Micah right after that game? Did you see Parsons just going crazy about Mahomes and that nobody could touch him? He's uh, in a he's weird. in a you know like. Nobody's even close. He's in a class of its own. It's just kind of funny because, like, these Cowboys throughout the season and even preseason training camp, they just Dak's the best. Dak's the best. I wouldn't rather have anybody else. (laughs) And you get in one of those moments, and, like, Mike is basically like, yeah, like nobody can compete with him because of his greatness. And, um, and, and by the way, the 49ers did compete. And and that Brock, I mean, I'm afraid it's going to get lost – Brock was not bad, was he? Yep. I mean, he didn't he he didn't do anything. I mean, in fact, Mahomes is the one who threw a bad pick in yeah. that game. Purdy had his teammates make some mistakes, and but, and ugh. Mahomes was was not really that sharp the first half. I second, mean, now the second half he was lights out. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, I'm looking yeah. at that like midway through the third quarter, and I'm like, this is the Super Bowl, and like Mahomes has not had a good game. He, he missed some throws, and uh, like you said, had the bad pick. But yeah, Purdy was just as steady as he's always been. You know, it doesn't he didn't make big time throws necessarily, but again, you're like 
fourth quarter, they're winning the game. And when they needed to come back and score, he brought them back and scored. Like, it, it, he he was dependable as he's always been, and he didn't make the crucial mistake, and this time they just didn't win the game. Yeah, it was uh, – and, and one of those – one of those throws that he needed to make, somebody kind of got in his face, and he missed someone yes, it goes a third down, down there around the goal line. And uh, Tony's still talking about that one that Chris Jones, where he, he impacted Josh Allen. And Aaron, you and I talked about that on the show at the time. The truth of the matter is that throw that Josh Allen missed in the end zone, that Chris Jones did not get to him. I don't know. Tony keeps bringing that up. Like he literally just underthrew him. Nobody was in his face, and Allen just underthrew the ball. Now, in that game last night, somebody did get in his face. I can't even remember who it was. Karloftis had a big play in that game. There was somebody who had – man, those, those Kansas City cornerbacks are good. And I know what's his name. I know Sneed made a bad yeah. play in that game. He got a bad penalty because he swiped at somebody's face or something. Right that, in front of that, the ref. Yeah, that was a bad one. But that guy – and who's my man number 22? Who's that cornerback? Um, so, Legereus Sneed, and they got one more cornerback. Oh, yeah, that, that like, guy. Uh, Murphy. What's the guy's name? 22. Anyway, I am um, very, very good young cornerback. Uh, In fact, he's either in his first or second year. Brent McDuffie. And That's it. McDuffie. McDuffie. Yes. That dude is good. And uh, and and you got to hand it to Spagnuolo. I thought it was funny to uh, that even Nance called him Spags through throughout the game. Yeah, baby. It's a very strange. That's a very well, and that brings Spags back Spags is the MVP of this team potentially. For, yeah, Spags took it to he the was uh, tremendous the, Patriots, the whole postseason. At one point, put it he's, on He's he's done that before. He's a Massachusetts guy, but he, he's the, done that before. The great Tuck and Yumanyora. And Human uh, Yoris showed up on a commercial. Okay, it is time for something we call Campus Confidential. It's next. Come join us live from Rudy's this Thursday for the Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday as we talk golf with women's golf coach Jay Goble and men's golf coach Mike McGraw. The Baylor Coaches Show, this Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. is with John Morris, here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. We've made it through the holidays, and another gift-giving season is already here. Valentine's Day is fast approaching, and if you're not sure what to give, come to Morrison's Gifts and let their 45 years of gift-giving expertise work for you. From candy to jewelry to plush animals to scents, soaps, and lotions, they've got you covered. They offer custom gift baskets and many grab-and-go items as well. And don't forget their huge selection of John Hart and Consuela bags and totes. Morrison Gifts is located near Jason's Deli at the corner of Waco Drive in Valley Mills. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. 
The Brazos Landing is where Central Texans go to enjoy upscale dining and delicious entrees, outstanding chef-inspired homemade desserts, and breathtaking views of the Brazos River. Their steak selections include Akaushi ribeyes and fillets, Central Texas' largest chicken fried steak, and braised beef short ribs. Fish offerings include Chilean sea bass, pan-seared salmon, ahi tuna, Texas snapper, and shrimp and grits. The Crescent City Chicken is a fan favorite, as is the Margarita Chicken. Selections from the Bayou include Etouffee, Jambalaya, and Mardi Gras Pasta. The Brazos Landing features the best outdoor climate-controlled dining deck in Central Texas. They're located near Baylor University in downtown Waco. And remember to park and walk to the new Foster Pavilion. For more information, visit thebrazoslanding.com. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at CentexSportsFan.com. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Han, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. Two one. Schroeder Drive in Waco and at MyTotalOffice.com. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. It's back, folks. 1.9% for 72 months on every 2024 Silverado Light Duty. With the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory, couple that with the number one rated service department in the state, the choice is clear. The Jim Turner Chevrolet is the place to go for all your automotive needs. So take that short drive to McGregor and give us an opportunity to earn your business with honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Buying new roads. It's 930 on a Saturday night. You're at the ballpark getting hot dogs for the kids and your debit card doesn't work. Lucky for you, Central National Bank's after-hours service is ready to help you get out of all kinds of ninth-inning jams. Just contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a local person who can answer questions and fix problems. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and they will treat you like family. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. So happy to be with you on this Super Bowl Monday. Lots of reaction, but we've also had college news always uh, there. By the way, we hadn't talked about the Dunkings, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Kind of thought that was funny. That was my favorite. uh, I thought that was hilarious to see Tom. Tom over there, <laughs> they tell, whatever they called it, whatever his nickname was, and then Matt Damon 
had that line that he didn't feel feel very comfortable saying. I thought that was kind of funny. And then uh, as uh, Cam Stewart was just discussing the uh, the track suits, or <laughs> I thought they were going to be available at some Dunkin' Donuts. That would oh, be boy, great. They are, they are going for a lot of money right yeah. now. Yeah, they, they? so they've already so. Someone was selling them in partnership with Duncan. They already sold out like four minutes in at the drop today at noon Eastern. And now they're going on eBay for upwards of $500. Yes. <laughs> I would love one. Not for 500 bucks, but I would love one of those jumpsuits. Imagine that at the next remote, Matt. <laughs> what was – well, yeah, I'd like that tomorrow at our Fat Tuesday appearance at the Brazos Landing. Wow. I want to be by the water, by the way. I don't know. Uh, Cam, you may be a part of this setup process. I know I'll be there to try to hook us all up. Um, I really would, if it's a pretty day, I would like to be looking at the water. I just, it's a gorgeous, the view, looking across at the Foster Pavilion from the Brazos Landing is so nice. And I tried those chicken fried steak sliders, by the way. Wow. Verdict. Okay. Wow. I mean, it just—it's a—it's a generous amount. I mean, it, it just kind of—it hangs off the slider, and it's very tender. That slider is supposed that. to be small. Like I'm not complaining, yeah, but, I, but I think that's what I, I'm saying. To be. They, I'm saying they're extremely generous. It—it it doesn't fit the slider. It hangs <laughs> okay. way off. So you get—I mean, it's a—it's a little bit obscene, but you get. <laughs> You, <laughs> I'm just saying you get a lot of you get a lot of good meat. Oh, I'm excited and, and for that. Yeah, I love both those good. things: sliders and chicken fried steaks. So I'm in. Yeah, yeah, good. Chicken fried steaks not something you probably grew up with in the north. Absolutely not. Had no idea what it was till I came down here. No, I was like, those are two different things: chicken and steak. Yes, those are two different things. Well, you got to beat on those things and tenderize them, and you got to you got to just really beat and flatten those things <laughs> and then you get them in the cast iron skillet and see them. but a lot of people don't know how to do it properly i would say most people don't i'd I, love it if I you grew teach up, me my first was on that uh, the dude at uh at dairy queen they they had a night they had a pretty good one i know aaron probably grew up on that too and then when they had those steak finger baskets i guarantee you aaron's those had plenty of those yeah, yeah very tender I, I, as a kid, I way preferred steak finger to the chicken tender that became mm-hmm. so popular as we grew up. Uh, later generations would love the chicken tender, but the steak fingers, were, and, and you dip it in some gravy, some homestyle uh, gravy. Woo, that was good. I may go over there tonight. Aaron, what do you have for us in Campus Confidential now that I've left you exactly two minutes? Vader <laughs> football added pair of graduate assistants and four quality control coaches to the staff today. They hired as one of those quality control coaches Mark Scott to lead Baylor special teams. He was Houston's special teams coordinator from 2020 to 2023. Okay. I, I like all those folks. I kind of looked at that deal. Still have not seen the official press release on, on the huge news from last week. And I'm sure that will be forthcoming. forthcoming, Um, Mac Rhodes set to join the show tomorrow. We've, uh, we, I don't know why they were really uh, wanting to, to set this time, uh, Cam, you know, as soon as you leave us, but he will be, he'll be on with us at five o'clock. 
5 o'clock tomorrow, uh, Mac Rhodes, and a lot to catch up on, including Mac Rhodes being in the college, the college playoff uh, uh, selection committee. That's pretty exciting. So remember, that's going to happen at 5, and, of course, we'll have, uh, we'll have uh, Coach Nikki Collin on as well tomorrow. New AP Top 25 polls out. UConn's still number one, followed by Purdue at two. Houston is three. Then Kansas is at six. Baylor up one spot to 12 this week. BYU 19. And Oklahoma in the top 25 at number 25. Indiana State is in the poll at number 23, ranked for the first time. It's 1979 when a a forward named Larry Bird was playing. Those sycamores, huh? How about that? Larry Joe. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The Indiana State. I mean, it's been a long time since the man from French Lick, Indiana, ruled the day. And uh, what's that? The hick from French Lick. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's that's that perfect, like, Mosley thing to say. Yeah, the (laughs) hick from French Lick. I like that. Um, I... That, yeah, that's that's an interesting. I, I gotta say, I this is not. I'm such a Kelvin Sampson fan, and and I love, I love sort of their athleticism, but I don't think the University of Houston or Kansas is that good. Like I Whoa, think they're breaking news. I hope. <laughs> no, no, no. I hope. I mean, I I hope Baylor. Obvi- I just think. I don't think Houston, even at eight and three. They, they still have a long way to go to, to win this conference. Both teams have vulnerability, or all three of those teams, if you include Baylor in there too, have vulnerabilities. I'll, I'll give you that, Matt. Yeah, and we get to see just, it a lot with how good the Big 12 is. Again, I, I think Houston, there are things I love about that team, but the thing I don't like really is that, man, sometimes they are really challenged from a scoring perspective. A great defense. Very long and powerful in the front court, but I feel like they only have two real proven scores on that team. Aaron, the guy I always come back to, there's two guys they're missing. One guy is really good at Arkansas and a bad Arkansas team now. Like, I hate that he transferred, or maybe I'm happy for Baylor, but Tremont Mark is averaging like 17 or 18 points for Arkansas. And Arkansas is horrible this year. And then that Arsenault got hurt, and he was really, really good player for Houston. I don't know. I just don't have a sense of them having a third score other than Shed or Cryer. All right, Aaron, what else do you have, sir? A couple of games on the Big 12 basketball schedule for tonight. The early game, West Virginia on the road to take on TCU. That's a 7 o'clock tip on Big 12+. Plus. And the big one, the big Monday matchup for tonight, number six, Kansas, travels to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. That's an 8 o'clock tip on ESPN. I think, I think Kansas loses that game. I don't, I don't think McCuller, I, don't, I haven't heard the latest today, but I don't sense that he's going to play, Cam. It's a turnaround, and, yeah. And I, that is a tough one, play an They've emotional game against the Bears. That place will be packed. It's a great environment. 
I, I like McCaslin and Texas Tech's chances in this game. Yeah, I do too. And we saw we saw Kansas do that last week, like the same thing. Emotional win at home against a good team and then kind of go lay an egg on the road on Monday night. It's a tough turnaround for, for any team. I'm glad Baylor hasn't had to do that much. They will have to do that before the end of the season. I, I can't believe Aaron didn't get the biggest uh, NCAA story, NCAA event of the night. Matt, I know yeah. you'll be tuning in on ESPN+. Plus to the Beanpot Championship game, the BU Terriers against the Northeastern Huskies to see who will be top dog in the hub of the universe as the Terriers go for title number 32. But Northeastern has won three of the last five. Who will get it tonight, Matt? Do you have a choice? Do I Do I have a prediction? Yes. I, I'm going to go for the Northeastern, whatever they are. Boo. Yeah. Because uh, a good buddy of mine went there, and that would be ESPN's own and used to be frequent guest with us before he started asking for money, Todd Archer, a Bostonite himself, or Bostonian, Bostonian. I should say. Yeah. I know, I corrected it. A Northeastern um, Husky like Reggie Lewis. Jim yeah. Calhoun. He used, to, he used to rebound for Reggie back in the day. He used oh, to yeah. go out there, and, and Reggie would be shooting free throws, and Todd would throw the ball back to him. Calhoun was Reggie, the coach. Reggie was uh, taken from us way, way too early. Um, I've got BU, by the way, in case you're wondering. That was that was yeah. my team growing up. So, picking oh, the dogs, okay. the yeah. Terriers. Well, I'm, just, I'm glad you went to the the correct BU, though. Me too. BU South, baby. All right, the Baptist, not the whatever Boston, whatever that is. Oh, um, they'd be horrified to be re- <coughs> affiliated with anyone at BU. Oh, any any religion? Any religion? Yeah. Come on, we're yeah. talking the Northeast there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was saved okay. by grace. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, I think they're, they're to be Catholics with you. Are pretty, the Catholics are pretty prominent. I yeah, would that's say, BC in the though. That's that's BC, Boston College. Okay, not a All college, right. not in Boston. Cam, thank you for your service today. <laughs> thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank we, you for we the feel opportunity. Good. We feel good about what you've accomplished. Uh, there he goes, Cam Stewart. He'll be with us live. Come see us in person at the Brazos Landing for its Fat Tuesday celebration. We'll be on the air starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Next, someone who was at yesterday's Super Bowl, Jeff Chadia. He lives in Kansas City. He was in Vegas. He joins us next. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at CentexSportsFan.com. At NeighborWorks Waco, we understand that buying a home can feel overwhelming, but our dedicated team of experts is here to guide you through the entire process, making it as stress-free as possible. We offer FHA, VA, conventional, and USDA home mortgage products. If you need that additional assistance to help you get into a home, we offer down payment and closing cost assistance. Visit us today at nw-waco.org or call 254-752-1647 and let us help you make home ownership a reality. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossey, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. 
The next time you need service on your garage door, do yourself a favor and call Precision Garage Door Service. Veteran-owned and operated Precision Garage Door Service services all brands. They offer same-day service with professionally trained technicians arriving with fully stocked trucks. All calls are answered by a live operator 24-7. All major cards are accepted and financing is available. Serving all of Central Texas, Precision Garage Door Service. You can book your appointment online or call 254-522-9657. Learn more at PrecisionDoorCentralTX.com. At Kalea Wealth Management, we believe in growth. Whether you're expanding your business or planning for the future, we're here to build a relationship with you and provide a clear path toward your financial goals because growing together is success. Kalea Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our client relationship summary disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash relationship summary. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. Looking for that perfect Valentine's Day gift? How about free Columbian red roses with your jewelry purchase only at D'Amori Fine Jewelers? Say I love you this Valentine's with nature's most beautiful treasures, diamonds, and free red roses. Celebrating a lifetime of Valentine's together with a free dozen red roses at D'Amori Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive. Elevate your lifestyle with a Baylor Club membership. Enjoy unparalleled access to our exclusive lounge area located in the heart of McLean Stadium. Membership with Baylor Club means you're part of a vibrant community where networking and forging lasting connections is as easy as a smile and a handshake. Indulge in members-only events and personalized service that caters to your every need to make every day extraordinary. Contact the Baylor Club membership or private events team at 254 710 in the market for a quality metal building, since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, the Brazos Landing, Wit Building Supplies, 
and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, joined by Jeff Chadia, my good friend from NFL.com and the NFL Network, lives in Kansas City, goes to a lot of Chiefs, covers the Chiefs a lot, and then was in Vegas. And uh, is now, boy, the Chiefs are getting very used to this. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Uh, how are you uh, recovering from a, a week in Vegas? I feel like from talking to you earlier via text, it was not that wild of a time for you. But it seemed like uh, <laughs> seemed like for the most part, Vegas held up well and just kind of went on being whatever Vegas is. It's not like the Super Bowl changed it that much is that the sense you got from from being there yeah it was just vegas on steroids and you knew going in you were going to see a lot of a lot of different types of people showing up it was almost like Times square on new year's eve people just come to see what's going on you know see see what the party is like so you had a lot of that going on but yeah most people probably go for about two or three days in vegas to do it for for eight nights yeah, I was looking for an oxygen tank at one point and probably uh, trying to invest in liquid IV just to get through today. Uh, I, I pushed my limits. I pushed my bound. I'm not a young man anymore, so I definitely uh, I'm happy to be home sitting in my living room now looking at my cat again. Can 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 you imagine where were they if we were still at ESPN.com, like where they would have put us for a deal because we would have been in yeah. a off brand. <laughs> Airbnb in Utah, <laughs> with or without water, perhaps right. you never yeah. know. Um, seemed like the Luxor had a big role in the media, uh, although you being with NFL. dot com, y'all usually have your own sort of digs. Where was uh, where were where were the NFL Network and NFL. dot com folks housed? The Cosmopolitan, and nice. I, hadn't been, I hadn't been in Vegas in about 15 years, so that hotel did not exist the last time I was there. It was nice. It was very nice, you know, compared to, yeah, a lot of, you know, media folks can be when it comes to free trips. They'll, they'll, they'll find a way to complain about anything. And the, the Luxor was literally a step below a Motel 6 in some kind of seedy whorehouse. They, you know, the way people <laughs> described it, it was uh, some some – some strange things happening over there in terms of quality. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our, our good friend Sam Farmer from the L.A. Times stayed at the Excalibur, which was another mm. media hotel, and he was paying 38 bucks a night when he got there. So I can tell you what kind of quality, you know, he was getting from that. Yeah, although he usually – he was venturing out to talk to the players' families and that kind of thing. He's always uh, – he's always yeah. got that angle going. In fact, I heard from him recently. His son – was needing some something here in the Dallas area. It was a, it was it was only Sam Farmer could set this up. Uh, but it was uh, it was good to hear from him. I, I would say the biggest the biggest complaining we ever did as the media may have been the Jacksonville Super Bowl, and that yeah. was they weren't prepared for that kind of crowd, and they didn't have enough hotel rooms, and so a lot of the media was shuffled on to a couple of cruise ships. That they were yeah. able to squeeze into the canal. For I, I feel like that was the about the most complaining the media ever did with the Jacksonville Super Bowl, if you recall that one. Yeah, well, you didn't go to Minneapolis then because that was the height of it, and that was about 
I think the high for the week was about five degrees and the low was about 10 below and there was a blizzard on Sunday. So on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night. So yeah, anything that happened well, in Jacksonville was topped by the, uh, the trip to Fargo, <laughs> you know, uh, a cameo in Fargo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although let's not act like we did a very good job in Dallas. Okay. We didn't know how yeah. to salt the roads. We didn't know how to salt the sidewalks. And so had a horrific week, and then on the of course Super Bowl Sunday they had the big scandal. Jerry tried to set some record, and so he tried to jam some some seats that weren't allowed, and so some of the people who paid for their Super Bowl tickets were turned away. Uh, we'll never yeah. forget. We'll never forget that. All right, so Chiefs fans are. I mean, they're spoiled at this point. This is now. This is feeling starting to feel like the Patriots. This is. I think they're even, you know, Mahomes and everybody are admitting now, okay, this is the start of a dynasty or the middle of a dynasty. This sort of tops, seems to have almost topped what the Cowboys did in the 90s. And isn't it weird to look at Andy Reid now? I I still have a hard time getting Andy Reid with the Eagles out of my mind because that's where I covered him the most. And that's where I actually spent a fair amount of time around him. And yet... And now you've covered him a lot with the Chiefs. He, he'll go down as one of the greatest ever. Like, he's completely, in about seven to eight years here, or six years, redefined his entire career and legacy. Um, and, and now he's mentioned, you know, it's Belichick, Chuck Noll, and Andy Reid. Isn't that amazing to watch, uh, Jeff, to kind of, and, and to think how we think of him now um, is completely different than how we felt about him you know, even five years ago. Yeah, like five years ago, he was sitting where Kyle Shanahan sits now, right? <laughs> he uh, could, get, could get to the big game, could get to, could get to a championship game, but couldn't win it. And now he is, yeah, he's three rings in five years. And I don't think it's, you know, if, if you're ranking dynasties, I wouldn't put it above Dallas because they won three and four years and never lost one. That, that loss to Tampa still uh, is a... Uh, a black mark on this dynasty, but yeah, it's definitely a dynasty and it's definitely for real. And I think the way that they won this year is an, is a testament to his coaching ability because really they didn't have the dominant teams that they'd had when they first won their first championship, but you know, with Tyreek Hill and some of the other guys who were there, Tyron Matthew, you know, they had to really outsmart people and they had to use a lot of tricks and they had to be creative and they had to redefine themselves. And if, I live in Kansas City, and if you ask people in this town when they were going into their last regular season game what they would do, I guarantee you nobody was saying Super Bowl. <laughs> like people were going to be happy if they were able to win on the road, you know, get a wild card win against you know beat up Miami team, win on the road maybe once, and then maybe get to the AFC Championship game, and that would be you know a good season based on what they'd seen as far as the inconsistency. So to end up with a championship after all that, it, it really speaks to not just their resilience, but just their their moxie, their savvy. Um, again, that game really was the epitome of what they've been this year. They worked great with pass protection, didn't have a ton of weapons. They struggled to score points at times, but they played great defense, and the quarterback was great. So that's how they won games. And Spagnuolo, I mean, you talk about in a different sort of way, he's a legend. I mean, because he's yeah. done it as a coordinator now, what, four times. And so, I mean, can't, if a coordinator can ever get in the, the Hall of Fame, you know, he's got a, <laughs> he's got a shot at it. And, and it was amazing 
to do what he did in that game. And as you kind of start to break it down, you know, in terms of just, you know, the, the blitzers, everything he did. And, of course, they had some mistakes along the way, and they got hit on the trick play. But, um, but I mean, he, he had – you're right. They, the defense – we always talk about Mahomes, but the defense played an enormous role in kind of holding things down in time for Mahomes in the offense to finally get rolling late. Yeah, and really you look at that, you know, when they were down 10 at nothing in the first half, and yeah. easily it could have been 17 if they don't force a McCaffrey fumble. Uh, they come out in the second half, the Chiefs do on offense, and Mahomes do an interception, you know, that's around midfield. The Niners could have turned that into points. They didn't do that. And, yeah, I think just it always felt in that game that the Niners could never get one more score to make the Chiefs uncomfortable. And that, that's a testament to what they were doing defensively. But but you're right. Some of the biggest plays in that game came down to the defense, you know, getting a stop. Uh, Chris Jones made had a couple big pressures when Brock Purdy had people open down the field and he had to rush a throw. And he had Debo Samuel on one play like that in the end zone and Jawan Jennings in the end zone for an overtime that could have been touchdowns. Um, those were key plays. You look at the way Leo Chanel, uh, an unheralded linebacker who's starting in this game because the Niners play so much two back, one tight end formations. And, you know, he had a huge game. He had like six tackles and forced a fumble and blocked a field goal. And and so they, they found a way, you know, they really, when they traded Tyreek Hill away a couple of years ago and decided they were going to try to bulk up their defense. And yeah, I think really to give Mahomes some time to develop some weapons around and some younger guys, it was a smart move they could make because they really hit on a lot of guys and, and, and that unit was a big part of why they ended up winning a championship. Yeah, it's just great to bring another title, uh, world title to Dallas, Jeff, is what uh, with, with Clark Hunt and the family. Yeah, and uh, living right down the road from Jerry. You know it has to drive Jerry nuts to just watch this guy win title after title. And, of course, Lamar Hunt started that all those years ago. But uh, somebody was trying to do that the other day, like, yeah, I cheer for Kansas City, you know, because of they came from Dallas. And I'm just like, okay, it was 1960, and they left in whatever that was, 62 or 63. Yeah. Like I, I mean, you're you're going back a little far yeah. to try to claim the Chiefs, and obviously yeah. as with their AFC, AFL, whatever we call it, uh, ties. But uh, yes, we do. We claim Clark Hunt, and uh, it, Clark's a pretty unassuming guy. Have you ever gotten to visit with uh, with Clark? Like, I mean, like how do how much credit? Because I, I would think the GM there gets a lot of credit for putting things together. Andy Reid, obviously, McHolmes gets much of the credit. Is Clark just the complete opposite of Jerry? Just does not want any attention and rarely does interviews. That's that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much comes out and talks maybe two or three times a year. Obviously, this game he's going to be more available, but he tends to stay in the background. He wanted Andy Reid. He wanted when he got took over the team from his dad back in whatever 2007, 2008, and he got rid of Herm Edwards. He wanted a, a GM and a coach who could be the face of his franchise because that's what his dad had with Marty Schottenheimer and uh, Carl Peterson, the former GM back in the 90s, and they loved that structure. And so it didn't work quite work out with Todd Haley and Scott Pioli. That was kind of a kind of a dud <laughs> marriage, but he hit the jackpot with Andy Reid and really. 
I tell people all the time, Brett Veach has been phenomenal for this team. And this is really the, the team that he has, you know, had his biggest stamp on in terms of personnel. Some of the young guys like Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, George Karloff is the guys that he, he drafted. But um, John Dorsey, who came in with Andy Reid, the former GM, when they let go of back before they won their first championship, did a tremendous job of drafting. Like he found Tyreek Hill in the fifth round. He found Travis Kelsey in the third round. He found Chris Jones in the second round. And those guys, uh, Eric Fisher was the first round, first overall pick. People wonder why he was that guy. And so, you know, he really built a team that Patrick Mahomes could take over and Andy Reid could win with quickly. And that's set the stage for what they got with with Patrick coming in here. But that's all about Clark and his belief in that structure and not being not being the whole show. Like, you know, I, you know, he's, I, you talk about living in Dallas. Like, yeah, it was, he's a competitive guy. It wouldn't surprise me if he's crip walking up his driveway right now with Jerry can see with those Lombardi trophies, just hanging out and doing a little, doing a little jig. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, he likes the way his old, his, his old man, his, when his dad was here, he owned a major league soccer team and he would go around to the different radio stations and newspapers advertising and try to sell spots for his advertisement for his soccer team by the owner of NFL owner doing that, sitting down with people and bring out, busting out a portfolio. <laughs> and this is what we've got going here. Would you want to buy some advertising spaces? So that's, that's the kind of guy his dad was in the, the sun ain't falling far from the tree. Yeah. That's the old day. Like Tom Landry had his uh, number in the phone book. I bet Lamar hunt <laughs> is a little bit like that. Although the yeah. Hunt family comes from incredible oil money, so they couldn't. But uh, but they are pretty down to earth for being billionaires or whatever they are. You know, coming from all that uh, all that incredible money. Jeff Chadia on the Matt Mosley show. I thought that was interesting from the NFL Network and NFL.com. I might add um, to see Rice, the the rookie. I mean, arguably their best wideout. I mean, I mean, it was the degree of difficulty on this one having to go on the road for all those games in the playoffs, not really having, other than Kelsey, like a great wide receiver at all, um, the degree of difficulty was higher than ever. But on top of that, in this game, you've got Rice, and, of course, we're seeing all this on TV. You're like, wait, you got to be in the league more than that to be down there hollering at Mahomes in the <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl on the sideline. Yeah. Like that, I think Mahomes yeah. shut that down in a hurry. Like, Get get out of my face. And then yeah. Kelsey almost knocks Andy Reid down. He's off the field for a play, and, and he's mad. And, like, Andy was just completely caught. He wasn't ready for that. Like, Kelsey kind of gives him a, a little bit of a bump. And I thought to myself, this is like how the Cowboys behave on the sideline. <laughs> and, yeah. and yet they were okay. And so I, I think that's what Shanahan's thinking today is, like, what a – what an incredible opportunity they let get away from them. You know, they, there have been reasons for these other ones, but uh, I, I think as great as he is, he's got to start feeling a little bit snake-bitten from, from yeah, as a play caller giving up the huge lead to having these leads, whether it be AFC title game or the Super Bowl, this keeps happening to him. Yeah, well, and look, I, I think on the Chiefs end of it, some of those frustrations blowing over, that's, that was the way they were all season, most of the second half. It kind of, I think they were okay with it in this game because they'd gotten so accustomed to people, you know, <laughs> bitching and moaning and getting on each other on the sidelines. Uh, it was just, you can find all kinds of clips about that stuff happening. But 
as far as Shanahan goes, yeah, you know, I, I, he'll get some heat for losing this game, but I thought he coached a really good game. And I thought he went from being – he tends to be conservative in, in key moments. He was very aggressive, going for it on fourth down, um, early in the fourth quarter to get a touchdown and get taking the ball in overtime. And yeah, he had some tough luck there. You got a ball bounce off a, a blocker on a punt return that your punt return doesn't feel cleanly and that gets recovered. And, you know, you don't expect Christian McCaffrey to cough up the ball in the first drive of the game. One of the most consistent, you know, reliable running backs in the league. Uh, who ended up having a great game, and and certainly you know it's there was just uh you know I think losing Dre Greenlaw was a, was a huge hit. <laughs> He's running on the field and he tears his Achilles. Wow. Now you lose one more guy who can't cover Kelsey. It was a tremendous cover linebacker. So yeah, I think that there is um, what you're saying is all true, and I, I, that's what I'm saying about the Chiefs this year that they weren't the best team on paper, and if you look at the way they played throughout the year, they weren't the best team, but. When they got in these moments, when teams had opportunities to take them out, something always happened where they made a play. And that happened in Buffalo when Josh Allen could have hit Stephon Diggs on a short crossing route with under two minutes to go and worked the clock. And they ended up missing a field goal to tie the game. It happened in Baltimore. When Baltimore came out with a jacked-up game plan to turn Lamar Jackson into Warren Moon and you know not run the ball at all. You're the best rushing offense in football. And it happened in this game where they just – you know they, they – they had opportunities, and you know that punt return was a big, big loss. Uh, the fumble, the uh, McCaffrey fumble, was big. And if if they'd had in some of these games, I go back to the last three games they played in the playoffs: Baltimore, Buffalo, and this one, the Niners. If the Chiefs had had one more turnover, or have one less turnover in any of these games, they probably aren't here. They're probably at home a couple weeks ago. But they, they realized what Tom Brady and the Patriots realized a long time ago, which was, you know, sometimes you lose these games <laughs> by making mistakes. You, you know, it's great to have winning plays and all that, but sometimes the little things that you think don't matter as much tend to add up over time. There were seven fumbles in this game, and the Chiefs recovered six of them. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Patrick Mahomes at some point's kind of like, okay, guys, appreciate everybody who's been here with me. I got to go ahead and go win this game, and <laughs> and he's just running for stuff, right? Fourth and one, you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, the game's coming down to this, and like yeah. it's like a triple option. He's out there, and then on a, on a huge play in the game, he's just racing. I think maybe a third down where he just races right through the heart of the defense. And this has been a defense that's been pretty good been a great defense throughout the season pretty good in this game and yet you know what is his final numbers 333 yards he runs for the most on the team and his running style has been much talked about it's not like you don't see him and go oh he's a burner he's Lamar Jackson but when he has to he he gets out there and gets as many yards as he needs right like 20 yards like it's nothing and so anyway it was uh it was good well enjoy the parade um and uh, I don't know when you when you went to Kansas City. I don't know that you knew you were you were heading to the epicenter of the NFL, but here you are, and uh, you're you're right in the middle of it all. But appreciate you doing this. Get some get some rest after all those wild nights in Vegas. Okay, at the I will do that. <laughs> all right, there he goes, right, uh, Jeff. Ch- yeah, appreciate you, Jeff Chadia from uh, NFL.com. And the NFL Network on the Matt Mosley Show. All right, uh, we'll get your thoughts. Um, hadn't had a lot of time. Want to let you weigh in 
on what you saw? Uh, you know, was this just Mahomes' greatness? Was this was this the 49ers spitting the bit? I mean, we didn't even bring up with Jeff the uh, the new overtime rules that uh, apparently the Niners did not get briefed on. That's a problem. That's a problem. You would like your, your players to actually know the rules of the new overtime, especially since it's so different. But uh, along with a lot of fans watching that game, as time was ticking away at the end of that first overtime period, there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of confusion. Thank that was one time I think Romo did step in and kind of help America and remind everybody that that was okay. You know there there was not a time pressure on the uh, on the Chiefs there. All right, all of that coming up next. Glenn Moore and Baylor Bear softball all season long on 101.3 FM. Baylor softball on the road at McNeese State on Thursday. 5.45 for the warm-up show, 6 p.m. first pitch Thursday for Baylor softball on 101.3 FM. Join Foster Nicholas for Baylor Bear softball on 101.3 FM. It's tax season once again. Stressful, right? Doesn't have to be. Maggard Bookkeeping has been helping Central Texans through the complex tax code for more than 25 years. Go to MaggardBookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hahn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at MyTotalOffice.com. Attention fans of Hellberg Barbecue. You can enjoy their Central Texas-style barbecue, homemade sides, and desserts at their current location, 8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. They are operating drive through and curbside service out of food trailers parked outside the building. And their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. or till they sell out. Customers can call 254-265-5387 for pre-orders. Hellberg's Barbecue full-service catering option is still available for your next group outing. Soon, Hellberg will offer sandwiches and banana pudding at the grab-and-go markets inside the new Foster Pavilion. The future of Hellberg Barbecue includes a new building, bigger and better than ever, just down Highway 6 from the current location. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-5387 and at hellbergbarbecue.com. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Kish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands. Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. 
Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. February is here, and so are the big savings during the President's Day sale at Allen Samuels in Waco. New inventory is out on the lot right now and ready for immediate delivery. Ram 1500 is the most luxurious and technologically advanced Ram 1500 ever. Looking for an SUV? Have your pick of a Jeep Grand Cherokee, Compass, and Renegade. Need a midsize truck to get the job done? Drive a new Jeep Gladiator. President's Day sale event is a winner at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Whether it's a problem with your debit card or just a simple question, things always seem to come up when your bank is closed. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you have access to a real, live, local person who can resolve issues and answer questions from 6 to 8.30 every morning or from 5 to 10 o'clock every evening. Bank different, bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Oh boy, more IRS changes this year. Frustrating, isn't it? Maggard Bookkeeping can help with more than 25 years preparing Central Texans tax returns. Go to maggardbookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Mosley Show. And uh, so much reaction today. want to hear from you on the text line, 254-662-1660. All right, if you want to weigh in. And we had a winner the other day. Aaron, I always forget we had a great winner on uh, one of our contests, the Schmaltz trivia question. And you win. And uh, the good news is, I'll find the name at some point, but uh, he's already won two free sandwiches to Schmaltz's. And uh, we've been giving a lot of those away. And, uh, I mean, it's a, that's a very popular place in Central Texas. So we're going back over, though, the Super Bowl. And, I mean, kind of the, the, the winners and losers to come out of that. I thought the halftime show was fine. I enjoyed it. I liked Usher. He played some of his hits. Got no problem with that. Thought the uh, the dancing, he was very on point. You know, kind of ageless in a sense. He's uh, not much younger than the two of us. And, man, he was getting it done. I think he's 45, 46 years old now. And, and just was perfect. Was on point. There was nothing to make you go, oh, that's an older Usher. Now nah, he looked great. And uh, had everybody out there with him. I thought ludicrous. It was nice to see ludicrous in something other than like a insurance commercial. Um, seems like some of these guys kind of pop up randomly and stuff. And uh, he, he was good. And everybody performed well. Alicia Keys, that red piano looked nice out there. Thought she had a nice outfit on as well. Kind of went with a red look. And um, that was good. That was good. I don't have any complaints. Will I am snuck into that act. Little John was out there for a bit. Um, Aaron, was there anybody we missed? I tried to name just about everybody. There was that Dupree, who I didn't really know much about. I had not a lot of memory of him. I think he may have produced a couple of big hits back in the day. But he was out there doing something. Um, but for the most part, everybody made a, I thought, had a good 
a good showing out there, and it was entertaining. And then they got on some roller skates. Thought that kind of brought some nostalgia. Uh, and and then, you know, uh, he put a big bear hug, or maybe she put a bear hug on him. Kind of neat to see Usher and Alicia. You know, kind of, you know, they really seem to be great friends and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was fine. It was a crowning moment. Like I, and, and by the way, if you want to respond, give us the biggest thing that stood out to you in this game. Was it Mahomes? Was it uh, was it Shanahan coming up short again? I I don't understand how you can get to this place and get to that level and not have told your team and not worked with your team on the overtime rules. I do think Shanahan said after the game that he did want his team if they won the flip to go ahead and take the ball. That's fine. I don't think. The analytics would suggest it was that massive of a change. I do think, much like college, you and the only team I ever see in college that wants the ball first is Colorado. I did see Colorado do that one time. But most everybody wants it second. So you can see what happens before you, and then you know what you need to do. And I just thought, I thought the game, really, there was a point in the end of regulation when the 49ers could have won it. And they're in a third and five, and they don't get it done. I don't really—I know what they were trying to do. I don't think they had to do that. I don't think they had to go that far down the field with it. Uh, they got some pressure on Purdy, but Aaron, that was a big. And I know the the the, the blocked extra point was big. Now, other than that, though, Moody hit some big kicks. Butker hit huge kicks. I mean, they were there were clutch kicks. In this modern-day NFL, 53- and 57-yard field goals feel like nothing. Feel like, oh, they're going to make it. They're going to make it for sure. But you still have to do it in the clutch, and they did. And we got our overtime, and then, I mean, it's it just when they had to kick the field goal, you just, you just thought there's no way in the world Mahomes is losing this game. And, of course, he wasn't. Now, Aaron, those were some tense moments, though, right, when it was fourth and one. And then even that time on whatever down that was, was that first down when, who was that? Was that Scantling? Was that uh, MVS who catches the ball and is going to have like an eight-yard gain or seven-yard gain and then doesn't go down? Like keeps running backwards and ends up getting a big loss. I thought that was huge that they were immediately able to start getting that yardage back and then got the first down. Mahomes running the ball, I mean, it was just brilliant. What they did at the end, it's, it's, we've seen it too much. They, they don't really like to do the tush push. And I didn't, I mean, you're like scared for them to throw the ball because you know the game could end. And so they run Kelsey into that, into that um, area, and I think they had Rice on a little bit of a deeper route and instead, Mahomes keeps it and goes running for about eight yards and then slides. To me, Aaron, that play just calmed everything down. It's just like, hey, we're fine. We got plenty of time. There's no rush here now, and let's just go down and win the game. They had another third down that he ran for, and he just went, Aaron, he's not fast until he needs to be. Doesn't that, isn't that weird about Mahomes? 
But on that play that I'm talking about, that he takes it down to about the 13-yard line or the 10-yard line on that run, didn't he look fast? I mean, he, it was just like he was racing through their secondary. And it, it was just one of those great calls by him because they drop back to pass, and he watches the linebackers drop out of there. It certainly helped them that Greenlaw was already out of the game, who ruptures his Achilles running onto the field. Didn't even do it in, a, in, the, in the field of play. He's running on the – I mean, it was the field of play, but he was just running onto the field, and he ruptured his Achilles. Horrible. Horrible deal. And then Mahomes is just racing around. And then on the winner, the game winner, my favorite call was – I like – Mitch Holtis was really good on the KC call. He's the home radio guy, uh, voice of Kansas City. But I thought Harlan was great on Westwood 1. I, I thought our man Romo did not really let, as, as Pete Souza was talking about earlier today and we had him on, he didn't quite let Nance have his full moment, okay? When, when you've got someone as iconic, and I've made fun of Nance over the years with some of his canned stuff, but let him make the call. It's kind of like the summer all days. Let him make the call and then let the call breathe for a little bit. We see it happen all the way, all the time in college. The announcer or the, you know, like Nunley's great at this, at letting John get his call of the huge moment, and then when it's appropriate, Pat can jump in and say a few words. Too many times the, the, color, the color analyst thinks they have to, oh, it's my turn. I've got to now say a bunch of stuff. No, when you win a Super Bowl, let the call breathe. And then let the pictures tell the story for a little while. Tony got carried away and tried to do one of those emotional word salad type deals for about 30 seconds. I thought that was too much. I thought it was too much. Aaron, how many times over the years have we seen the, I mean, the only other team, I'm trying to think who does this in college football. Does the, I guess Bama does it sometimes down around the goal line. I guess Oregon does it. Uh, certainly now Michigan, but I mean, like how, how possibly can you lose the motion man? Like at the biggest moment of the game, like that's what they do. That's what he always gets people on. They, they've changed the call and they call it something else, but the original call is called corn dog. All right. And, and all these things are named because Andy Reid's kind of funny. And of course he loves to eat. And so he calls this thing corn dog, and now they call it something I can't even remember what the, the other name for it was. But he he goes in motion, and I'm um, I'm talking about Aaron. This guy was not even did he catch a touchdown all year? Like when they traded him to the Jets, um, did he even did he even do anything for the Jets? I don't think so. I don't think so. And he no. he gets traded back. He gets traded back, and and and. Sure enough, there McCole Hardman's who I'm talking about. Uh, he he wins, you know, he makes the when he but he goes in motion. And you know, the, the Dolphins do a lot of this too. But they in and then right before the play, he turns back and he goes the opposite way, and it's like Kelsey goes straight up the field, and they just knew it was gonna work. Everybody goes with Kelsey. And nobody's there to cover McCole Hardman. 
and he's wide open in the end zone, and, of course, the game ends. And I'm sitting there like a stooge at my watch party. Thank you to the Heftons for having us over. I'm sitting there thinking, well, what, what's a, what's a, what are we doing about this clock? Like, I, I, and Romo kind of addressed it, but it was just weird because it's like the first overtime is ending, so they were just simply going to go into the second overtime like it was the second quarter. They didn't even have to run that play, but they did, and the game ended right there. Um, and, Aaron, how many times have we seen the Chiefs do something similar to that play where and, – and, you can go back to the Philly special, whatever you want to call it, you know, what Doug Peterson did all those years ago. With, with, But it's just basically kind of like a misdirection. And honestly, the Cowboys have, actually, have gotten better at it with McCarthy in the last season at getting some of those type plays done down in the red zone. They got better this year in the red zone. But, Aaron, is there any reason in the world why you should lose – the man in motion on that play. No. <laughs> like you said, you've seen that play so many times. Uh, and all he, all he was going to do was turn back around and get leverage to the outside. And generally, you're going to see Kelsey catch that. They, they accounted for Kelsey but the Chiefs knew they would, and it left it left everything it left it wide open outside. Aaron, that what Chadia brought up that, that's interesting. I hadn't really heard it said that way. How many how many fumbles did he say were in this game? Seven fumbles. Seven and six of Chiefs them. Re- six. Yeah, Chiefs recover six of them, meaning they jumped on a couple of their own, and then and then of course they jumped on some of the. Uh, I was reading about the punt. That was a big play because it gave the Chiefs weren't really doing anything, and then they jumped on that thing and scored. They were down about the 19-yard line. The, 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 the guy back there had a chance to pick it up. I mean, it's a reminder that if, if, if you've got a chance to recover what's already been, your, your receiving team had already accidentally touched the ball. All you have to do at that point is pounce on it. He tried to catch it and run with it, okay? Uh, just a huge no-no in that, in that type deal. And then, Aaron, the call on that is supposed to be if the ball has touched you or, or, or no, here's the thing. If the ball's coming close to you, so to alert the, the team going down there to, you know, the, the uh, uh, receiving team, you're sp- the call is supposed to be Peter. You're supposed to say, Peter, Peter, Peter. You're supposed to be shouting that. I, I don't even know why that's the thing, but that's what you used to be, Oski. If there was a fumble or something, they used to yell Oski uh, back in the old days, at least SWC football in the late 60s. But in this case, they're supposed to holler Peter. The guy said he never got the call. He never heard it. And the ball hits him. So, there's all sorts of folks that feel horrible for the um, for the 49ers. I mean, like, McCaffrey played a great game. He had 80 yards rushing, 80 yards receiving, played beautifully, had the trick play touchdown. I thought, um, what's our man's name, Aaron? Is it Freeman? Juwan? What's his last name? Uh, number 15. 
for the uh, for the 49ers. Jawan, anyway, I I I thought that I thought he played. I thought he was brilliant. He makes that throw back across the field, and and that's a that's a huge play. Then he catches one. Um, but both teams went periods of the game where they just were kind of in a drought, and it happened to the 49ers had the early fumble, and then they had three or four drives where they just didn't get it done um, in the second half, just weren't getting anything done. I thought that was huge. Chiefs did a good job on defense, kind of keeping everybody together and in the game. And then Mahomes, when it was time to go win the game, Mahomes did what he always does. Like, you can't you can't keep giving him possessions. He ends up in the game with 13 possessions, I believe. And, I mean, in, in, you know, in a lot of ways, for them to score what they won the game, 25-22, Aaron, that, that's like, that's, that's great that they held them with that many possessions, that they held them down as much as they did. But you got to go get the win. You got to, you're third and five. You got to settle for the field goal regulation. You're in the overtime. See, if you go second, at least, maybe he goes and scores a touchdown. But at least you know what you have to do. I mean, you know a field goal is not going to be enough. You know a field goal is not. And, and Shanahan has said the reason he wanted the ball first is because he liked his chances if they got that third possession. And, of course, that, was never, that never happened because the Chiefs take it down there and they win the game. And, Aaron, I, I mean, you and I were – of the age where we were in college or whatever for most of those Super Bowls, most of those Cowboys Super Bowls. And I, you know, Chadia, when I had him on earlier, Jeff Chadia for NFL Network said he doesn't think yet the Chiefs have accomplished what the Cowboys did because they did it three and four years. But there's something about just constantly going to the AFC title game six times. In his six seasons as starter, and then now with another Super Bowl, I mean, he it to me it's starting to feel like the Chiefs have already done as much, if not more, um, than the Cowboys. I, I just, I, I it's it's incredible, <clears throat> and now Andy Reid goes down as one of the greatest coaches ever, and has entered a realm as far as head coaches in Super Bowl titles that only Belichick and Chuck Knoll of the Steelers were in. He's joined that club. Not as much as Belichick, but he's right there with Knoll. And, uh, and, he, and again, I don't think he's looking like he wants to retire anytime soon. All right, been a great day. Uh, appreciate all y'all that have participated. Uh, we'll wrap it up and say good night in the dismount next. It's time for today's Modern Media Big 12 Shootaround, exclusively on ESPN Central Texas. Here again is John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 basketball on today's Modern Media Big 12 Shootaround. Coming up, Big Monday tonight, it's Kansas at Texas Tech. Those Jayhawks coming off a three-point win at home over Baylor on Saturday. Details straight ahead on today's Modern Media Big 12 Shootaround.
Hey folks, John Morris for the Bruner Auto family. If you're thinking about a Chevrolet, Chrysler, Buick, Dodge, GMC, Jeep, Cadillac, Toyota, or quality pre-owned vehicle, visit BrunerAuto.com. Bruner serves all of Texas with delivery to your location. Now Baylor fans get the Bruner Advantage at no additional cost with every new vehicle purchase. A lifetime powertrain certificate and much, much more. Only at Bruner Auto Family at BrunerAuto.com. Your family since 1928. Visit the new Spirit Store at the Herd Welcome Center. Open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Shop premium brands like Nike, Johnny O, and more at the all-new Spirit Shop inside the Herd Welcome Center. Come see why Green Eye Associates is voted best in Waco year after year. Enjoy exceptional service and care from Dr. Leanne Green alongside her dedicated optometrist and staff. Receive trustworthy insights on your eye health. Enjoy the impressive variety of contacts and eyewear and work with the most experienced optical team in Waco. Don't miss the new state-of-the-art dry eye therapies that rejuvenate the eyes and face with safe, non-invasive treatments to restore comfort and quality of life. Green Eye Associates, official optometrist of Baylor Athletics. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike, whether it's knee or shoulder pain, hand and wrist injuries, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. 